I don't get it, but she had a Minnie Mouse doll, an avocado, and like this utensil. Yes. We were like, and whoa, this is way weirder than we thought. Yeah, too much but stuff. I ended up ordering the leeches. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast, where we talk to all types of people about all types of things, all types of things <laughs> that are cold-blooded not. related. <laughs> so, PortCityPythons.com, we have some animals available, and thank you to everyone who came out and said that they listened to the podcast or just watched YouTube videos or wherever you guys found yeah. us. Thank you so much for coming out to us, whether it was in Oaks or White Plains. We had a great time. And as you can see, we are still sharing headphones. Why are we still sharing headphones? Well, because Joe literally mm -hmm. to the worst of his ability or the best of his ability, the way you look at it is really good at breaking earphones, whether it's just his ear sweat killing them or Wick wicked ear sweat <laughs> or dropping them out of cars and them getting run over I or mean, washing them in the in the washing machine like literally so if you watched last week we were sharing earphones because they got run over and i hadn't ordered new ones i ordered new ones and guess what joe did to the old ones he washed them so we're sharing again i will order new ones let's see how long this lasts he, I've never met someone who destroys earphones faster than him. Yep. So there you go. There's your earphone story. Got it out of the way. Okay. Um, that's your only ear. That's our only earphone story of the podcast. Oh, podcast. Let's get it out so people don't ask us. But <laughs> and they're blue, like they stand out a lot. Yeah, it's just I love. Right, and if you guys see those cool stickers behind us, and if you want to be on this sweet wall, which may or may not be a wall. I don't know. <laughs> um, up with Ian, Tony, um, Jeff, Austin. Austin. Oh, you were supposed Snake to Snake Man BK. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know your real name. We forgot. We'll have Wait, to actually talk to you. Oh, yes. Brandon. Brendan. 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 We're terrible. Thank you. Um, and if you guys want to send us stickers, just uh, hit us up on Instagram. Yes. We'll and send we'll your address. You or wherever the hell you add to this. Um, but other than that, like Joe said, we have t-shirts available. We will be at the next show in Gettysburg. Spaghettiburg, PA. We're coming for you. Okay, that makes it sound way more intense. We're coming for you. Um, but November 23rd. Over a hundred tables of amazing vendors. Are you done? I'm talking in between your your spaces. I get that. Yeah. Doesn't mean I like it. Oh. I I, I wasn't confused. I thought as we to were doing a happening. good announcement. Okay. Um, that only works when I say like one word and you say one word or what, like back and forth. It doesn't work when I'm saying a full sentence and you just cut it, oh. but cool. Great intro guys. Um, <laughs> try the best November 23rd Gettysburg show, but we still have snakes available on the website. But if you are interested in getting one of our snakes and you live out of state, please order within the next month because as it not even not like, only is it cold but it's also holiday season and i don't want to mess with the month of december it scares me yes and plus we have things like our last honey pair if you wanted to get in on that project this is going to be like one of your last chances because honestly we sell 
at least a couple honeys every show that we do. Therefore, mm-hmm. that pair will no longer be available after probably Spaghettisburg. Spaghetti. So make sure you jump on that because that's our, our last pair altogether. Last male, last female. Yes. Um, but like Joe said, it gets cold and shipping gets wonky. So we'd really like to stop shipping by probably Thanksgiving week. Uh, so get your orders in. Uh, obviously, if it's T-shirts or stuff like that, we'll still ship. Will you still ship Springtails or no? Yes, yes. I'll try my best. And we're going to do something for Black Friday. we got to figure out something to do for Black Friday. What do you mean? You say you don't believe in Black Friday. No, I don't like as a You human. believe it as a, as a seller but not as a buyer? <laughs> I well, people to- love it. I don't. Love it. Love I it. love I, it. I'm, I'm I love like, it. Joe won't go out with me. I no, yes. It. I think I, it's fun and exciting. And I dislike the going out and fighting over a color TV type of thing. I, like I don't know why I had to say color TV. TV like I'm 80. Are there, are there non-color TVs out there yeah. anymore, babe? <laughs> Flat screen LCD TVs. They are everywhere. Oh God, we're fighting over this them. This is for... the worst intro we've had in a while. Other than that... We do have great t-shirts. <laughs> I think we we've said that three things. times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's just go to our guest. <laughs> um, so today's guest, you may have seen our guest on our YouTube videos or on about every YouTuber's video from Tinley. I just saw I just saw them popping up in all types of uh, and all different kinds of videos. So today's guests are Colin and Mike from Crosstown Exotics. They do traveling exotic shows, education shows, um, basically across the whole Chicagoland area. So welcome, Colin and Mike. So Colin, we've had you on before. Yep, Ader, but... you're Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Joining you from the uh, great city of Chicago. Yep, yep, is... <laughs> up here and, uh, you know, just uh, coming off a good Bears win. So uh, good Hawks win, good Bears, good Bulls. So, <laughs> Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Mike, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My name's oh. Jeff. Yeah. Are <laughs> you trying to stop yourselves from laughing before you guys got yeah. out? And yeah. Had a laugh today. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, how did you first get into? Obviously, we got Colin's backstory. If you guys want to hear that, uh, go back to our episode. But, um, Mike, how did you get started in reptiles or bugs or amphibians? Any of that? So I've basically been into bugs, like as long as I can remember as a kid, I was always like flipping logs and rocks, things like that. Had like a million critter keepers and pickle jars with holes in the top. Um, And then I started getting into reptiles. I want to say I randomly caught a salamander and then it like just progressed from there. I think it was in fourth grade, caught this salamander in Michigan. Like, so basically I legally poached it and then put it in a jar for the rest of its life. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was, um, had it for a long time and then um i want to say I, I got into snakes after that and then it just kind of progressively went from there um i was actually kind of thinking about this like how to like word all this and like when i get into stuff and i started thinking when i was younger um i went snake hunting with this kid that i knew and i met him it's kind of a weird story i guess not to like do too long of a thing but uh my family was on some hard times we were living in a hotel and I met this kid that lived in the trailer behind the hotel. And he's like, hey, do you want to come snake hunting with me and my dad? I knew this kid for like two days. So my mom lets me get in like a white Cooper van. Like, so the guy, his, the kid's dad would go collect tires behind buildings and stuff. And then had this spot in Indiana where people just threw garbage. And it was like the best snake catching 
like spot ever. But like, I was thinking back, I'm like, my mom let me get in a van with these people and just go across state lines. Like I might not have come back, but after that, me and that kid, you would go snake hunting all the time. There was a subdivision getting set up. So we were always like in the retention ponds, catching like tadpoles and frogs. And then, uh, after that, it was just keeping like native stuff. And then high school came along. I got my first tarantula, got a couple emperor scorpions. Um, and then I went to my first Tinley. And that was, uh, I think that was the first time I actually met Colin. He was like sitting on the ground, like looking at all these animals he bought. Had them all out at like the same time. He has berm and some little tegus. Like, oh, I got this stuff. And um, He had a snapping turtle. I bought a snapping turtle. <laughs> and then I think we didn't really talk again until, um, geez, it was like wrestling season or something. Because yeah. we were both in wrestling. <laughs> Uh, cause I had friends that like, would be like, Hey, you ever meet that Colin guy? And I was like, no. And I talked to one of my good friends about him. Like, Hey, you know, this Colin kid, everyone keeps telling me like he's into reptiles and stuff too. And they're like, he's kind of weird. Cause he farted in a Tupperware container and opened it on the bus to six flags. And it's still small. <laughs> I didn't really get to meet him until like high school because of this weird, like backstory on this kid that farted in a container. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but ever since then, yeah, we've been, uh, been pretty close it was like one of those we started talking about geckos or something and then yeah it was all kind of uh just progressed from there so did you guys have any idea i mean what you wanted to do with reptiles at that point when you were at tinley i mean you started obviously a menagerie at the time because you got a ku yeah. and a berm it was and like a snap starts like a great educational program already yeah we uh we actually worked for a, another guy for a little bit doing shows and then um, his company started going down, you know, kind of fizzling out. And then I want to say it was right after Colin and I did the thing with uh, Statesville. We did a little production thing. We brought uh, a couple snakes, some roaches and a tarantula. And then after that, we were like, he uh, kind of started talking about Crosstown and everything and uh, kind of just went from there. Like, you know, we sat down, we're like, how do we want to do this? And uh, throwing around name ideas and stuff like that. And, uh, then it just every year it just kind of kept building and building. Nice. And you guys, I mean, obviously you guys were at Tinley, but I mean, how did you like it as far as the uh, the crowd? And also, I mean, you guys were in so many videos, and I saw you guys popping up everywhere. We were in like a prime spot with that. Like we just, I guess, based on all the other YouTubers there, like our sign was stupid big. So it just showed. Yeah. And I mean, I liked the show. I had a good time, met a lot of people. Um, I mean, sales wise, like, I mean, I was selling cactus and cockroaches. So, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to sell, but I sold out of all my cactus, sold some roaches and then just a lot of, uh, you know, promoting cross town and meeting people. And, um, you know, some of our goals were to meet some like, you know, uh, snake discovery and uh, uh, Cusco and stuff, yeah, trying to Cusco. just, have a conversation like hey we're cross town you know drink dr pepper with melissa exactly yes so i was waiting for that <laughs> yeah but no i think we had a very yeah we went in there with some objectives and um and i mean came out better than i think we thought we would have yeah so. and i didn't spend all the money i brought with me so that's always a plus yeah there you go you know i go in there with like 500 bucks i'm like oh, i'm gonna buy this or that and it's all gone and i actually left with money in my pocket which was pretty cool yeah, and what's it like? I mean, having Tinley as your hometown show, amazing. That's pretty very fortunate. Yeah, yes. like one of those where we don't have to book hotels or anything. Like realistically, I think when I GPS it, I'm like seven to ten minutes away from the convention center. Wow. Yeah, I live on like a farm uh, that's in Tinley, which is weird because it's Tinley, but I, 
moved into a farm over the summer, which is cool. And I've never really been that far away in general. I think Colin's house is, what are you, like 15 minutes yeah, or so? maybe. So I mean, you guys must must travel in your area a lot, though. I mean, you're used to traveling around there. Yeah. Yes. We but, do, do yeah. all kinds of traveling. I mean, I think the furthest I've gone is like, was it two hours? Or was it the, at, was that library that was like? Uh, probably up near like, uh, it's like around the Wisconsin Rockford area. Yeah. About there. <laughs> Loves Park. So, have you had to turn down people because they're just too far and you don't want to travel that far? Yeah, it's, it's usually out of state stuff. And, and honestly, like, we're still, we still work our nine to five. So, like, stuff that is for us to go out of state, we, it would have to be worth our while. Like, it'd have to be like an all day event for a certain price because the time that it would take us to do like, you know, like a birthday party or something like that, um, you know, in the six hour, five, six hour commute that it would take to get there and back, we could have accomplished, you know, three or four shows um, just in a tighter group of areas. And we only get so many vacation days. Right. Like pretty much Tinley, I think was the, or this past October show was like one of the longest, like kind of weekends I've had. Cause a lot of times it's all my vacation days are used to go do shows that are uh, booking during the week. Uh, even a lot of like my, I think I get five personal days and like three of them yeah. were used on doing shows and stuff like that. Cause, um, we're only allotted so many days off type thing. Same thing with Colin, you yeah. know, get so many days and it's, it can get kind of rough. And, and, uh, one of those, like, you just wish you could take a week off cause you have these days, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is what it's like when you're trying to start a business to get it going. It's just sacrificing all that, yeah. that free time that, you know, you would, you know, other people get kind of thing, but. Yeah, I don't know what else I would do. I don't really go on vacation in general. We so. well, we used to go on vacations. We did, yeah. We actually would go places here. We go like we started going to zoos. Yeah, there's yeah. an awesome picture with us at the Milwaukee Zoo yeah. riding a caterpillar into the sunset, which is great. Yeah, um, I'm a little confused, but so, it's like fun. Yeah, they had a bug thing going on, and like we, I forgot what we did. We did a show at like this Harley Davidson thing um, that was local here, and then we took off, met up at a Repticon. That I mm-hmm. think was up there, and it was like literally two tables. Repticon. It was like the local herp group. Not to not to poo poo on Repticon because they're yeah, awesome, but it was but... like some little herp club that was there. Um, this guy with a bunch of wild caught half dead things, and then I think our buddy Kai, who doesn't, uh, he dissolved everything, right? The urban herper. Yes. He used to have all kinds of like just he was big cool, on product. He yeah. used to do a lot of animals, and then he's like, it's easier to like store product without plants them dying, and stuff. So. Yeah. But then we went up there and we would, yeah, try to go to like different uh, different zoos. And that lasted like a year. And then Crosstown really just started picking up. Yeah, so. we didn't really have a choice anymore. My girlfriend yeah. mandates me at least two to three days a year is dedicated to vacation. So, yeah, and I'm awkward and single. So, California and uh, prehistoric pets. And that was, I mean, we did like Universal Halloween Horror Nights. We did uh, Disneyland. Yeah, yes. Disneyland. Um, and we went to Monster Palooza, which is awesome. But yeah, seeing prehistoric pets, that was, I was like, we got, if we're going to be out there, we got to see it. So, yeah. And I figure that, and I, that's kind of probably what we would do. We would call like Florida vacation and then go well, to, right. If we would do we work, which is we fun. Can't, we can't take vacations without them being snake related because there's so many snake related vacations. Sure. Sure. You know, it's like, why pass up the opportunity when you're yeah. over there? do those things and experience those things. And yeah, yeah. So I think that that's a good plan. Next weekend. And I was like, what's in Nashville? Um, 
I mean, other than like drinking barbecue, uh, the Predators, uh, country music, Grand Old Apri, uh, I don't know, donuts. I'm sure they got donuts. donuts. But we're going to go to the National Zoo. And I don't think there's anything other, I mean, unless people can, I don't know, tell us there's more reptile stuff in Nashville, but I don't think Nashville's a big reptile city. Not to say Tennessee isn't, but I don't think they have so many laws against, you know, specifically like colubrids and stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So the corn snake permits something like just to own one. How much? Really? Is that? Like, corn snake like, can you find them? Oh, yeah. Place? Yeah. Is that like a northern region for them to? Because it I is think... native, I believe. Okay. I even think yeah. that there are some parts of uh, Illinois that has uh, corn snakes. Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly the not the Nashville Zoo's reptile house is impressive. All right, cool. Well, then I'll let you know. Let's see, I'm sure I'll like Insta, FaceTime, Gram it, Snap Story, yeah, or whatever they call it. He'll probably Snap edit Gram and, and Facebook Story. Right. He's big on pictures. I'm not so much. That's why a lot of people never. I get it all the time where people don't think I'm like, like I'm affiliated with Crosstown because it's like all oh, Colin taking pictures. Like I'm not photogenic kind of thing, and he's just taking pictures and that sort of thing. So. Or I get a lot of times people like to work for Colin. I'm like, no. He gets work. really mad about that. Like he gets all red. Well, it's only happened like once or twice where someone's like, "Can you get but your boss?" I'm half like, half the time though, it's boss. because I tell people to say that. And that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, that is. Damn it, <laughs> I think it's like uh, it's hard because I think you need you need two pretty much different people if you're going to be partners. You need to kind of be opposites. And therefore, like Colin obviously doesn't mind the attention and being out there and taking pictures with everyone and doing that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you guys a lot like, you know, doing shows, I can get up in front of it and like, you know, do a presentation stuff. No problem. But when it comes to calling someone to be like, hey, this yeah. is what we have to offer. I'm like, what? It's not even yeah. this, this is what we have to offer. But I guess it's more of the spiel of like. This is what we do, whatever, and being a sales. Well, I'll say salesperson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, salesperson. But I mean, there is like a yeah, sales aspect. It's not like we're cold calling people, but you know, when we do get approached, you know, it's better to have stuff to say. Um, no, but I mean, I feel like we both have our times where it's like I'm not feeling super outgoing, and then he's he picks up the slack. So I mean, there's times where it's like we're we're totally different but we're also the same at the same time like once you get each other like we get each other going like it's yeah i feel like this kid's got more on me or we can compliment each other in regards to like colin will be like have some super grand idea and then i try to draw it in a little more like hey that. we gotta hate it we gotta come to this realization here of like reality we can't do this or that or you know we could do this but we have to cut off this thing or you know no, that, those kind of situations or sometimes too like I'm just like, I'll, I'll have an idea and I'll be like, that's kind of dorky, like selling cactus. And then I sell out of all the cactus and I just got to rub it in because he was like, why are you going to sell cactus? It's in me. And I'm like, I'll sell it all. Or um, I don't know if he, on the last one, he always, uh, the isopod thing. He came up to me with a cup of dirt. Yeah. And I go, dude, someone, <laughs> of dirt, you idiot. Yeah. I bought a thing of giant canyon isopods. What year was that? Um, that was 2013. So like when isopods were like not Before even. Before they were cool. Right. Yeah. Same year I got, actually same year I got my Mexican black king snakes. For 40 bucks a piece. Yeah. Wow. Just before they were cool. Right. Yep. And I bought them. I kept them in this little shoe, like, you know, shoe, uh, shoe box container. And, uh, well, I was at last year, the year before, uh, I had a company by, I was like, hey, 
I'll sell you this whole group of isopods for fifteen hundred bucks, and they're like, okay, a very reputable company. Yeah, and they that, just didn't wow. they didn't negotiate or anything. I just showed up with my four foot tote, and um, right. they took them all. And then I was like, hey, remember when you made fun of me? So, and then I go, all right, yeah. you win. And that was like, I think I made like a couple thousand off these fifteen isopods. I may need I may need some advice because I have dwarf whites and I want them to multiply, but they're just slowly crawling along. So with like what I do with like my isopods, I feel like I'm not the normal like, yeah, you got to have dead leaves. Like everyone's like dead leaves. I literally I do like Missouri tortoise chow, sweet potatoes, carrots, um, styrofoam. you know, like the styrofoam backgrounds to the exoterra tanks. I broke mm -hmm. one of those up and they were eating it. Mostly because I saw that they were taking chunks out of it, but it worked as like a surface area for them to crawl on, and it slowly just started disappearing. Um, and then egg crates, like you know, when you get crickets, I've also done where um, well, you guys probably don't have a lot of cricket eating things, but like the, the you buy a box of a thousand crickets, you get like the frass and the uh, like the cricket corpses, and I would dump that mm -hmm. in the pods and they would eat it. So like I guess I'm doing more like nutrient dense items, but I don't no have you know, like everyone's really big. I mean, I get it. Like the substrate's important with a lot of those uh, decomposers, like the millipedes and stuff. But I've had really good luck not worrying about collecting like a ton of oak leaves sure. or buying like a bunch of oak leaves from a company or, you know, having eight different components to my substrate. Like my isopods do pretty solid. Uh, same thing with my millipedes. They do pretty well. Like I, I try to, like I might buy like a little bag of like, uh, like some of the hardwood stuff they have. Like I get a lot of stuff from bugs in cyberspace. Um, but I don't do the whole where I kind of freak out like a lot of other people seem to do, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Missouri tortoise chow they really like. Or what I've done too with some of my things is rabbit food. I'll soak like rabbit pellets in water and it expands and gets fluffy. And then I'll kind of lay it on the top and they go nuts for that. Interesting. So it seems like yeah. you're, you're providing a lot more protein than I am, I would I, I just guess. Like, well, I think like more nutrient dense food in general. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing dead leaves, like yeah, there's a lot of like you know stuff in there for them. But like you know, if you're giving them like this vitamin packed like you know pelleted food, it's I feel like you're gonna get more growth out of them. But you know, I don't want to get trolled or something and be like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't do dead leaves. You know? Yeah, it's just yeah, people don't realize that things work in and different ways. Like I just. I didn't have a good spot for dead leaves and then I just kind of got lazy with it. And I'm like, I'm not going to collect these. They're doing just fine. And it took off from there. So. Yeah. See, mine was like, I got the white the dwarf whites. I got the purples, the giant Canyon isopods, uh, zebra, the zebra ones. I have some of those. Uh, I can't think of what they're called. The clown isopods. I think it's the, mm -hmm. uh, Kung or something. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for right now. When I moved, I had a couple of uh, a couple of my colonies died off on me. So, you know, it's also interesting. I didn't know isopods were being done in our house currently. Tom, listening to the podcast, sent me some isopods. Oh, thanks, Tom. Oh, nice. Yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah, this was like, dude, this is like four months ago. Such well, a great. Why are there bugs being seen? Like, I just get to buy whatever I want, and then I just have to justify with myself. Like sometimes, yeah. why did you get that? And I'm like, because I thought it was cool. And like sometimes it's cool, and we end up using it for shows. And sometimes I just end up with a bunch of earwigs all over the place. Yeah, I thought that was a cool purchase, though. Yeah, but they just didn't pan. Or out. there was one time where I I ordered something online, 
And I was like, Colin, can you go pick this up from the post office? Oh my god! And they were like some uh, I can't remember the name. They were the they, scarabs from the mummy, like Arizona. Like they're like these uh, green June bugs, I think, or something. They I can't remember the common name, but I got them on like a auction group. And Colin picked them up and he opened. Them. I'm like, can you just check and see if they're alive? And um, yeah, I'm on the phone with them, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I hear him go, ah, let it fly, and he's like screaming. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he opened the container, and all these beetles flew out. I'm like, they have wings. Ah, they have wings. It was, oh my God. I think he, yeah, I think he got almost all of them out of the car. I think one lived in there yeah. for like a week. But yeah, hopefully the he got Department them. of Natural Resources is not listening because a couple <laughs> definitely got out. We go through winter, so they would they would freeze over, but. Dude, yeah, you did was, not tell me they had wings. Why didn't you they were going to fly? Like, Dude, you know, he opened driving. the box and they just flew, <laughs> they just flew oh out. Oh, God, they, oh. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I would have PTSD. You know? <laughs> well, we did we did have a table that was riddled with crickets this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we were at, at Oaks, Oaks, there was Joe like would scratch and there'd be a cricket on him and then they'd be in my, yeah, dude, my, I just felt something it, go across my neck. One was like going in my jacket. I don't know where they were coming from. Cause the table right behind us was a supplies table and we, the guy next to us had balls and burns and stuff. And then to the right, they had balls too. So I don't know where these crickets were coming from, but they were, all over the floor around us. Well, probably opened the box on accident. And they all got out, but I got crickets all over my garage. They're like, they're breeding in my tortoise pen. Sometimes I can shake off a log to get baby ones if I need them, but they're they're kind of all over. But be careful though. I know you guys just put in that new plywood uh, background uh, on the back wall, but the crickets will get gritty, get in there, and they're hard to get out. So just I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, maybe take the panels every now and then, but you know, I am an experimenter. You know, if you need me to come out there, I could probably take a look. Come right behind us while we're doing the show. Come on, look yeah. at all, the, all sure. the different places. Don't make too much noise, though. I mean. <laughs> you guys are talking about itching and stuff. I told like earlier today, I had to do like bed bug inspections in a oh. multi-unit housing thing, and that that's the only time I get itchy for the rest of the day because like I've never brought bed bugs home, but I just don't want to, and I think about it, and it's yeah. Out of all the bugs I have to deal with at at my normal job, it's bed bugs. That's like, probably a good reason to trim your beard every once in a while. Yeah, if I if it's like when I'm like on my belly looking at stuff and my beard touches the ground, then I'm like it's time to give it a little trim because like I, despite like I kind of joke about this at some of our shows. Like I tell kids, I'm like I like animals so much that I got a job killing them during the week, and then on the weekends I tell you kids how cool they are. Um, but like I'm in restaurants and whatnot, so yeah, I gotta watch like not dragging my beard on like some greasy floor or some somebody's apartment that's got bed bugs <laughs> type thing. So. Yeah, I tell Mike, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. Just don't bring anything back here, okay? This is our sacred ground, okay? <laughs> so you're, like, do you do extermination of, like, any home pests, like rodents? Yeah, I do uh, rodents, like rats and mice. Um, we do do some bird work. And before anyone gets butthurt about the bird work stuff, it's usually, like, pigeons can cause all kinds of structural damage. Um, uh, you know, the fecal material buildup can be terrible. And then we also handle house sparrows and starlings, which are invasive here. So, cause I know some people are like, Oh, you're killing the birds. Like it's not as bad as you might think with that. And, um, then we also do, uh, bed bugs, roaches. We, uh, spiders. Yeah, we do do spiders. I mean, a lot of your, I think they have a list of like 40 different pests that we take care of at our job. But a lot of times some of the materials I use will take care of anything with six or more legs if that makes sense, um, with the exception, like the termite treatments are a little different, bed bug treatments are a little different. Um, 
some of your other wood board, like our stored product pests, like things like meal moths and carpet uh, carpet beetles and things like that. So it's not like a cool job where I'm like taking care of bugs. I get to do that at home, but I still get to look look for bugs every day and and work with that sort of thing, which I think is kind of cool. Because like um, one of those, like when you're going to school and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, uh, one of my professors brought up pest management and I was like, ah, you know, maybe I'll give it a whirl. And um, I've been been with this company like five five years roughly and pretty cool. Seen a lot of neat things. I've uh, brought, I mean, you know, I bring home some praying mantis here and there that we use for presentations. I've actually booked a couple shows from like park districts that we do. I'm like, you know, people start talking like, oh, you're really into these bugs. You seem to know a lot. And I'm like, hey, I do this on the side. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually got a black widow. I opened up one of my uh, traps and I'm like, oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. Ran to my car and got a uh, got a water bottle. Took her home. She's still doing pretty solid. So, yeah. So does that benefit you having bug knowledge previous? Uh... Kinda. I mean, I think it does. Like with identifying some things and um, like you know looking for harbored spots, like spots like you know that you're like, if I was a roach, I'd be here. Um, kind of. I know it sounds weird, but there is. You gotta like when you're in. in in some of these facilities, you got to think of like, if I was like this, this animal, where would I like, you know, hide at, or where am I going to try to make more of these animals kind of thing. So. Are most exterminators into bugs or are you a, uh, you definitely diamond, can't be squeamish. Are you I a suppose. diamond in the rough? No, there's, um, well, at least with the company I work for, I actually have a guy that, uh, one of my coworkers that's super into, uh, inverts and he's helped me actually quite a bit. Like I thought I knew stuff. And then I met Mark and he was just like telling me all these random facts and um, just different things he does to take care of, uh, you know, his roach collection. Like some of the rabbit food stuff, like I learned from him or uh, he kind of, uh, he, he's given me stuff too. Like, you know, hey, I breed these roaches or this. And then all of a sudden I got a colony now because he gave it to me. But I don't think it's as uh, unique as you might think. Because like in Illinois, they're, the company I work for was doing like their bug zoo where basically the guy I work with Mark would set up some like cages, kind of do something similar to Colin and I do, but um, it was like at a little children's museum. And then there's another company that does something at a children's museum where they bring bugs. I think they're called like men in black pest control or something, but <laughs> yeah, they bring some bugs for kids to see. So I don't think it's as unique as it might, uh, might sound. Wow. Yeah. So kind of with... for uh, nuisance removal on like, raccoons and possums and stuff like that i could i could imagine that that's where it gets weird when you gotta like grab animals that may bite you and scratch I've you had, i've only had to trap one raccoon so far all the other times i've had to go out for stuff it ended up we the animal left or we didn't have to do it because like like i get like i'm supposed to like do a certain job but i don't necessarily like like killing animals because we euthanize everything which is like I know it's sad, but it's just my company's policy on things. One, you don't want to let a raccoon go and then it go back in that person's house too. Um, and I know the DNR out here has some strict uh, guidelines on how far you let it go, where you let it go. Skunks all have to be euthanized, you know, kind of thing. That's kind of a, just when you have that permit, you have to follow those laws. So, wow. yeah. And was, was Colin always cool with bugs or did you have a, uh... Colin's I mean, he's had bugs and stuff. He's had like tarantulas and some roaches. Yeah. Him and I have kind of gotten to a point though, where like, you know, I've done way better with frogs and toads and, and bugs and things. And Colin's like, he's good with lizards and snakes. You know, we both have turtles and tortoises, but we've kind of 
got our own little niches on what we keep. Um, like I know when we first started Crosstown, he had a couple of, you know, he had tarantula and some roaches for whatever. And then it slowly just turned into like, I keep all these animals. He keeps all these animals. Um, and it kind of just works out that way. This way we're both not like just overwhelmed with, you know, a huge collection. Sure. Plus but, I'm I mean, sure you can share some animal. I mean, you can go to each other's collections and play with whatever the hell. You know, oh one yeah. The other has. Sure. Um, yeah. And we do that. I mean, we actually do that fairly often. Like, We've well, kind of talked about that. We're like, like I wanted to get a Tegu for a while, but Colin's got them. So it's like when I'm doing shows, I can just go, you know, hang out with Vito or blue, the right. Tegus that we use. And then I don't have to house one at my house or same thing with like our Cayman lizard, you know, when he's wanted to hold it or work with it, it's like, you know, I bring it over. He comes over. Same thing with the frogs and stuff. Um, and you know, like, like the monkey tail skinks is another one. Like I, yeah. And he does a lot of stuff. I like, I wish that I had like the space to do. Um, and also like almost like the, I don't want to say the knowledge to do. Cause I think if I really tried, it's just more of a time issue. He's actually better time management when it comes to like the vibe the terrariums and, you know, keeping amphibians and these like living ecosystems and things like that. With me, it's like, if I can't sterilize it with, you know, like foam quat or, you know, what chlorhexidol or something like that, it's like, Mike's like, no, 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 you got to let it, you got to let it live. You got to let it breathe. <laughs> and you know, yeah. got to let these, and they, and it's so cool. I'll sit there and, and look at some of these enclosures that he's have. But um, no, at first I was not like, I was, I couldn't hold spiders. Like I was like, I'm not, I don't trust spiders at all. And he was moving um, from like an apartment somewhere. And I had the tarantulas. I probably had what? 15 tarantulas. You oh yeah. Your it was, house? it was one of those. I uh, was finishing college and I was kind of doing some transitioning. Like I was living with a buddy and then I was moving into my aunt's basement for a bit. Um, so yeah, I had like 15 tarantulas. I was like, Hey, I need you to keep these for a minute. And, and I like forced myself. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, these are going to be here for a couple months. I'm going to force myself to hold them. And it was like, I felt like, what was it? Tom green. And, uh, was it your trip or uh, uh, road trip? Road trip. Where I'm getting like behind yeah. the head of the bed, like, all right, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you, spider. Like, um, and I eventually did. And I, if he's scared, I'm scared. So I kind of go off of what he's comfortable with. So he's like, no, 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 it's cool. I'm like, okay, cool. I know it's not going to bite me. But um, yeah, normally like my fear base or my caution base is with what he's cautious with. So, And we're only hand, like, I'm not one of those people that holds tarantulas that I know are like aggressive. Like I'm not going to hold the Goliath bird eater just on my hands like that because i know one they're they're super flighty so i feel like it's more of a risk for that spider to fall break a leg or something like that um and you know like i don't want it i just feel like it's too risky for the animal but we do have a lot of like you know i have a chaco golden knee our um salmon pink bird eater she's pretty tolerable like i can handle her um did you guys see her at tinley the big the big spider i was handling no i think so Oh yeah, I brought. Yes, that. Oh, I probably blocked it out of my memory. If you look at like my Facebook profile pic. It's me holding her name's Wednesday, um, but yeah, typically I'm only gonna hold tarantulas that I know are you know tolerable with handling. I have some that are kind of like you know like some of the pink toes, like they'll be chill and then they just kind of cruise up your arm or something. But during our presentations and stuff, it's usually I'm not I'm not walking around with anything that I'm gonna be nervous with, where it's gonna just jolt out of my hand because I have like. We have a, a friend that I've seen her hold some stuff and I'm like, you're brave. Like you're braver than I am with that. Cause I'm not about to try to, you know, that animal accidentally lay into your hand or um, like I said, the whole, they jump off and, you know, break a leg or something. It, I mean, sometimes it's good to be like that because that's how you break those barriers of like, 
knowing what animals are comfortable with, but instead of going off of the notion that these animals are that way, you know what I'm saying? So it's like with green anacondas. I mean, they're fire hoses oh, yeah. with teeth, but you know, you start working with them almost like tokes. I mean, when I saw someone walking around with the first toke for the first time, I was like, yeah. it's not going to take off Why your are you loads. Like what is, <laughs> yeah. you know, gonna... and, but again, I, I think that again, those people can do what they want to do <laughs> with the Goliath bird eaters, but um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, take your own risks. And yeah. Is there a certain amount of behavior that you can read on a tarantula? I feel like some spiders, like I feel like when it gets tense, I don't know how to describe it, but like sometimes you're just feel like they don't feel like they're putting their weight on you. If that makes sense. Like mm. I have one that I can tell when she's being weird. Cause like, it doesn't seem like she's like settling down. She keeps moving. I got to move my hands to hold her. And then I have some like my Chaco golden eats. Like I just scoop her up and she just sits there. Um, but I, it, it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe like they're um, like being able to read them. It's like one of those just working with the animal. I feel like it can tell from holding her. So I can't even imagine that to me. I'm like, you're <laughs> still, you continue to be still, you lift up yeah. this leg. Oh, and then you're still. <laughs> we had that cool I, uh what was that was that a let's not say cool something whatever knee no, they all have was, different colored knees i don't know their names oh was that the white knee the, the i think you had i think i saw a picture of it It was like a big uh uh this was was so big. no this was after bill bradley's they they held a rose here i think bill had you guys hold had, it, right yeah well mm -hmm. I then, but i think it's like some something geniculata it's a big white knee, kind of like a no. black reddish abdomen. Isn't that what you guys were holding? Geniculata is uh, Italian ice cream, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this thing was like, you know, it was doing a threat display and had its legs up. It was super cool. It was super like I would not. Or was it? Uh, it. Uh, there's like a there's a couple that look very similar. There's one that's pretty chill. Um, and then there's one that'll like rear up and, um, Nidu Chromatis, Chromatis. I know these spider names change all the time. Like I stopped trying to memorize them after a while. Cause it's like this month it's this name. And then a couple months later they change it. So. Yeah. So you guys have that same thing to where some people call like green tree pythons or Morelia veritas. And that's been changed for like eight years now, but people still say the old name and stuff like that. Can you oh. see? Well, that just looks like a big old tarantula. Yeah, can pull it up on, on my. Oh shoot! It's pretty looking though. I just saw the different the banding on the legs. Type it up on the Port City Pythons here on Instagram. <laughs> no, it's not on ours. It's on our friend Travis's, so that won't be helpful. Yeah, we just posted. Hold on, y'all keep talking. I can post the. I can. Uh, oh yeah, we can actually like put it on the podcast, like good hosts here. <gasps> I do remember, like in high school, I think like the king baboon tarantulas had one scientific name. And now it's like P. muticans or something, I think. And then there was a Aviculara versicolor, I think is Aviculara carabina or something now. Um, I know a couple of like the hobby ones change, but it's one of those, I, I try to know some of them, but at the end of the day, when you're at like a kid's birthday party, they don't really care about, you know, you might get some, you know, you'll get that one random kid that's really into it that might ask like, hey, what's the scientific name? And, right. you know, some of them we remember, but it's not like when you talk to someone who works at a zoo and you're like, can you use a common name? Cause I don't know what you're talking about. Or like in college, I remember my professor, like whether it was like a mouse or prairie grass, it was like this, nothing but the scientific name. Like I get it. Cause like common names are so different, but. 
How do oh. kids typically react to uh, the spiders? Versus the or snakes, yeah. Compare the snake reactions to the spider reactions. I would think like those are both pretty, like when you get people with uh, phobias, it, we seem to get like snakes and spiders are the biggest. Um, but usually because I'm bringing out something that's calm and we're presenting it in like a very like laid back controlled environment that it's not as bad. So like, you know, my one spider, Annabelle, she'll just sit in my hand, doesn't move. And then usually what I try to do when I have a kid hold something is I'll have them put their hand in my hand. And sometimes I just kind of hold their hand a little bit because I've had it where kids, like as soon as the feet touch it, they do this, you know, and yeah. throw it mm -hmm. or try to. You can feel it too, like where they're. They instantly like, try to pull yeah. back. Well, you won't hold your hand. You you hold their wrist. Yeah. Um, okay, there we go. All the toe thing in the back looks weird. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's Travis's toes. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I, just, I was like, what is. Uh... And I can't stop looking at yeah. his toes. <laughs> that this yeah, spider that is they have a couple babies we're raising up of those they're so big and it's look like at, uh, if you go on like my uh facebook and look at the profile picture it's me holding wednesday she's a para hibana the salmon pink bird eater she get bigger than that one in his hands <sighs> yeah it was like honestly man it was like pretty jarring just because we were used to the um i think it may have actually been a chilean red knee or whatever that that bill yeah rose um, hair yeah i don't know i don't know yeah, I get you. you guys are snake people <laughs> yeah yeah but it was like you know we i got used to that and that seemed normal and then he lifts up the you know the hide on this thing and i'm like oh that's God, next that's like, level that's like a different yeah. animal now yep yep and two we always um kind of to mike's point Anytime we do the spiders or the snakes, they're typically our last animals because in, oh. the, reptile show, in the reptile show, snakes are our last animals because it's our largest, um, at least in lengthwise. Yeah. Um, and we try to vary it up with small to big animals um, throughout the show. So like we'll do the cop, we'll do the, you know, the. We start with our bugs. Right. Then we move to like amphibians. Right. But we'll do like, again, yeah. our two pound African giant bullfrog. Then we go to the small toad and then we do um mortis the 70 pound tortoise and then we go back down to a smaller turtle big so it's like yeah. it's big small big small big small big small um and um we typically do snakes last because again it's the biggest but also it works out because the audience is just getting to know us from the first animal and so by the time we get to snakes they we have built up a trust with an alligator snapping turtle an alligator um you know a tegu you know things that you know are, are intimidating but the, the manner in which we interact with the animals and um, how our, the animals conduct themselves, you know, speaks volumes for, um, I think, the dedication that we have to what we do. Um, and so it's the same thing with the spiders is that the last animal that we typically do is the spider, or the, you know, or, or scorpion or whatever. But um, people are generally emotionally ready to accept that, hey, they've already got the, the scariest thing that was on the list of animals they have, I'm ready for because the way that they've conducted themselves and presented themselves through this entire presentation, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, they're all, they're ready to go. So, um, and again, that's, we don't go into every show saying, Hey, you know, we're going to kind of convert people into snake people or spider people, but it is literally just a byproduct of how well we've, you know, how, how well we planned out our, our programs and the way that we conduct ourselves throughout the programs that it is just a byproduct of, of our show and our presentation. And the animals too. I mean, like when we're, like he was saying, like when we're 
with our with a lot of our stuff that we use, it's not a crazy. It's going to run up your arm or be real aggressive, like you know, like our histine cockroach will sit there, and then we'll have something slow like the African giant millipede. Um, you know, some of these other. Um, trying to think what else we use. Our vinegaroon. We sure. have a couple scorpions. Like, and scorpions are always a big one. People are like, oh my god, scorpion! And then you bring out like an emperor or a flat rock, and it's something that just sits in your hand and doesn't move. Um, and you kind of explain like, yeah, sure, it's venomous, but it's not really gonna do a whole lot. And then uh, the other thing is, people tend not to like small and fast. So like mm-hmm. when I bring up tarantula, it's just sitting there. It's like they can see it, even if it jumped off my hand and ran, they can see it. Like the biggest thing I think, like when I talk to some people that are like, oh, I don't like spiders or even at my, um, you know, my normal nine to five, it's just the small, fast ones. Like it ran across my bedroom floor and then it just disappeared. Like, I, think- I mean, we see that with baby corn snakes at shows. You yeah. Know, and, you know, people are kind of intimidated just because they're small and yeah, they yeah, move fast. Our berms or something like that. And it just, it's chill. It's kind of like just a big, right. uh, you know, snake where they, it almost kind of is like surreal how big it is. Right. And then, you know, you bring out some little fast paced, uh, you know, like a baby corn snake Milk or something. Snake or, yeah. 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 So what do you guys, as far as, cause we, you know, we have people handle, typically we bring one animal to a show and we allow them to get an interaction with an adult corn snake because we feel like that's a, you know, it's a good opportunity to one, get people past their fears and two, to see that, Corn snakes are handleable and super awesome for pets. So that's what we do. But we, t- every time, you know, we'll get one or two kids that just like freak out. Well, I mean, a kid dropped one. Yeah. We've had, we've had two instances <laughs> where pretty close to the snake being dropped. So it's like, how do you guys take the steps so to that, make sure that everyone's good to go? You know, when we were, um, well, one, like it's knowing the species you're bringing out, sure. you know, knowing that you know, some of the normal documented behaviors, working with it at home, you know, handling it there. Um, but like one thing too is when, I, you know, I was telling you, I put a, I have a kid put their hand in my hand. Um, I usually make a joke like, hey, I'm going to hold your hand so that you don't get nervous and throw it on your kid behind you. Um, and I just kind of hold their hand a little bit or their wrist and not like Kung Fu grip or anything. It's just making sure that he's not pulling away or that, you know, the roach takes two steps and they toss it. And then once they seem comfortable, you know, and two, sometimes they'll explain like, Hey, I'm going to tickle this roach and he's going to walk on your hand, his feet tickle, kind of like preparing him for what's going to happen. Um, we've never, I'm trying to think here. I've never had any spiders drop. I've never had any bugs dropped in general. So just because I take that whole, like, I, I trust my animals, but I don't trust kids. We'll put it that way. Sure. And when, um, you know, I kind of build up a little bit of trust working with this that kid for a couple minutes. And a lot of times you can tell like right off the get, like if that kid's like, you can feel it when you hold their hand, like they feel tense. Right. Uh, but there's some kids like, you know, just like, Oh cool. I have this giant bug or, you know, I'm holding the snake or something. We always try to do our best to stay in control of everything. Even though like we, we might look relaxed during a presentation or while we're talking um, we're like, we know what's going on. We can kind of, I'm always like constantly looking at the, who's ever got the animal while I'm talking or um, just trying to be aware of everything that's going on right there. Sure. And then even too, um, you, it, it, there's a lot of muscle memory there too, because like, again, Mike was saying, you'll feel someone tense up a little bit. Um, you'll kind of feel again, having, I think having <laughs> hand underneath their hand, you can definitely feel that, that pressure that they give off a little bit of that, um, a little bit of like that tensing. Um, but also too, um, I'm, I'm a big, 
I don't know. I'm big when it comes to letting someone hold that an, or pets that animal first, because a lot of times they're looking at it like, yeah, I'll hold it. And then you're, then you'll see them and they're kind of like, uh, you see a little bit of resistance, a little caution. You're like, all right, do you want to at least pet it first? Because, and they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pet it. So it's just getting over that first step of like, you know, petting it for a second, getting used to it. And they'll be like, okay, that's not as scary as I thought. It kind of relieves a little bit of that tension that they were feeling prior. Um, and then giving that person that animal to hold, or that's like kind of their, their, their way of like backing out of it. Like, you know what? I'm okay with just petting it. I don't have to hold it. Um, right. which is perfect because at least they did something mm -hmm. with it. And to them, it's justified in their minds. Like, Hey, I at least pet this animal. I don't have to hold it. I'm okay with just petting it. So, um, a lot of times, you know, we go straight to, Hey, do you want to hold it when people are just content petting the animals too? But, um, again, a lot of it is if you're feeling tense and stuff, I give that person half the animal and say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to hold this half the animal. If you want to hold the, the tail end, go for it. Some people, it's just, that's it's a lot easier with the snake than uh, a <laughs> tarantula. <laughs> yeah, well, again, but yeah, but we're just saying that with, with more of the snake stuff, uh, a lot of the lizards, we, it depends. I mean, we really don't give people lizards to hold because a lot of ours are super big. So like you guys held the Euromastic, right? Or you saw the Euromastic. So we'll I give, mean, that thing is basically like a paperweight, man. Really that thing, I swear it didn't move. It really <laughs> is. But like, so we will give that animal to people because really it's just like a toy. She just sits there and she's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, um, but with like snakes and stuff like that, it's again, you don't want that thing to drop. You don't want to, you know, again, you don't want to hurt any of your animals um, regardless. But um, again, knowing and again, the more and more you guys will do this, the more you guys will feel that muscle memory of like feel, you know, reading people's body language, feeling them kind of tense up a little bit, or just kind of just the way that they're they're ready to receive that animal um, will will kind of become more intuitive to you guys um, as you go along. Also, like too, when we're watching people hold stuff, like I'll have to like you know, a kid's holding a roach, and if they go to try to pet it, I'm like usually on that, like, hey, right, don't pet it on its back because like that roach is thinking like your finger's a bird beak. Sure. It's not like a lizard where you're like petting it. Same thing with spiders. Like, you know, you see videos of people like you know, petting their abdomen or something, but typically, um, even if my spider will handle it, I have people like just hold it, don't pet it, because sure. like, you know, you don't want it to just run forward on them or something, because that'll freak them out too. Cause our whole goal is like we talked about like in the beginning, like it's not fear factor. We're not trying to scare you guys. You know, mm -hmm. there's something you don't want to hold that's cool, but our goal is to get you guys to hold everything, you know. And my mic is off. Um, <laughs> Could you hear her during that? Oh, yeah. Like, they have no legs. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a snake because it's got no legs. What? A roach? Leeches. leeches. Oh, no. I was saying uh -huh. roaches. roaches. No, I heard you say that. I was like, maybe we'll start uh -huh. with a leech. And then we'll work up to like something with legs. Well, think about, I mean, little like isopods are kind of like little roaches, yeah. I guess. I mean, Did you hear my distaste for the isopods in my house currently? Oh, you yeah. don't have to eat them. So you don't have to take them. I don't want them anywhere near me. Holding up, the... Let me keep any bugs inside. Pretty much I wasn't allowed to keep stuff inside until we we had to go stay in the motel. And I think my parents were like, well, we'll try to keep some normalcy right. in your life. Um, <laughs> snake inside. I remember like we're in this like motel and I had like my garter snake that I caught and it was going to rain. I'm like, mom, I got to bring it inside or my tank's going to flood. And then after that, it was all downhill with getting everything inside. So with isopods though, I mean, it's, it's like a statistic that like you cannot keep hundred percent of those isopods within their enclosures because of how small they are. And um, they will go towards like moist areas and things. So, I mean, like people swallow what a handful of isopods. Hey, dude, like you're that. not, you're not helping my case here. <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the house they're 
And he's like, well, like, there's, there's... <laughs> one time we're at a show, for an example, serious conversation about how we do stuff. And we have a uh, pie ball, ball python. And Colin's like, oh. yeah, we just got this animal on a rescue. Someone spilled bleach on it. And these people are like, oh my God. And then I started laughing. They're like, what's up? And he's like, no, it was just supposed to be this color. Like, because <laughs> people ask all the time, like, oh, is it like any animals that we bring? And I guess, I don't know if there's that many out there, but they're like, oh, is this a rescue? And I'm like, why does everything have to be a rescue? Like, what? Why can't, why can't I just buy yeah. an animal? Like in Illinois, uh, sorry, in Illinois, uh, it's like they're like, uh, they've outlawed like backyard breeders and stuff, but for, for dogs. Um, and or have made it really difficult for people like actually breed dogs and they're like oh you know you got to adopt you got to adopt and i'm like if if i want some crazy you know malaysian mountain dog or something and i want to buy from breeder i want to buy from a breeder i don't want to have to go to the pound and grab some random dog i mean again not that those dogs don't need homes but like same thing with corn snakes or king snakes whatever it's like i i just don't want a dog i like i have you know an affinity for a specific breed or whatever and I'd like to, I'd like to have that. So I don't know. They totally I don't know people. I know, but still, <laughs> but still, I, that, that's, that bugged yeah. me. I'm sorry. Well, Ooh, I don't I, know if people yeah. realize the difference between someone, you know, a puppy mill and someone breeding an animal for the best potential as far as like, whether it has a job to do, whether it's a hunting dog or something like that. I mean, yeah, there's, um, there's people trying to further their, their animals. Rather I than... Right. Exactly. And people do it right, but I don't know. Can we but go I, back to leeches? Yeah, well, go ahead. yeah, sure. Oh, should we tell you about the leech videos with Titsy? No. I've had them hold on to me, but I've never held a leech. And who is Titsy? <laughs> like, like when we were researching she is from Romania. When we were researching, like, a stripper. I, no. Well, I. Well, let's talk about like how we okay. get started. Here. Yes. <laughs> different bugs, like to add to our show and stuff, and I'm like, you know what? Who's got medical leeches? That would be kind of cool. But this I, is also one of those animals that Mike goes, hey, I want this. And I go, no, probably not a good idea. Probably yeah. one of the dumbest things you've ever told me in my life. Let's just, you know. But we find this lady online that she runs leeches.com. And then we're like, <laughs> we're seeing leech videos. And then they lead into like her enema videos. Leech enemas. And then like we watch one where like she puts a leech on her tongue. And I'm Wait, like. Bro. She put leeches up her butt. Can we talk about that? Leech colonoscopies, leech enemas. Yes. It was, no, it wasn't leech enema. It was a coffee enema. But it was still pretty bad. Oh, I've seen coffee enemas. I've seen coffee enemas. How close up? I've brought it up. How close What was the one where she put them, she put, she was in the stirrups and she put them. No, she was like, I feel weird even talking about this. It was weird. So some people use medical leeches for like, they'll do like a vaginal treatment. I don't get it, but she had a Minnie Mouse doll, an avocado, and like this utensil. Yes, that and opened up Minnie Mouse. We were like, and... "Whoa, this is way weirder than we thought." Yeah, too much but stuff. I ended up ordering the leeches, and my first set, I get them, and like I ordered like the biggest ones I could find, and I'm like, "All right, they come in, they're super tiny," and I'm like, "What the heck?" So I email this lady, "What the heck?" I ordered the big leeches. I got tiny leeches, and um. Uh, so what I did is I put them all on my arm cause I was going to feed them and I put all five on. She you didn't go straight for the butthole or no? No, no. Go. I did a reggae. I was like, you know, I'm going to put on my arm first before I can see them. Crude. Um, I know. Right. And then <laughs> I put them all on my arm and I, you know, she emails me actually, Hey, after they feed, they're going to grow, which I, I knew they would get bigger. 
but they got like five times so bigger. He he texts me or he Snapchats me. He goes, "Hey, just hanging out with my leeches," and like he's got these yeah. things hanging off of his arm, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh. I'm like, "I'm feeding my babies," and then they <laughs> start to get more they, yeah. intense. Where he's like, "Oh, look at this," and they start off as like little. They almost look like little moles. That's how small they are, and then they start growing inch by inch. And by the time they're almost full grown, what like three, four inches? A piece. I mean, they're some some of like the leeches we have right now are like this big, which I want to say they're probably like three, three and a half inches long. So then, Mike sends me a Snapchat with bloody towels, and I go, and I'm like, Mike, what's up? So hold on. After I email this lady, she knows me back. You know, they're gonna grow, but when you feed them. Only feed one or two at a time because you can bleed for up to like five to ten hours after it. They have an anticoagulant in their saliva. Which I, I knew some of this. I just didn't know the extent of it. So like, wait, wait, I'm, like I'm not We're going like, too fast. I'm so confused. Do you actually feed your own blood to these things? <laughs> I do. Some people do. I used to when I first got them. But like, um, and I'll get into what I give them now. But like this whole is thing, this like, like vampire fetish, I'm like so interesting. Yeah, I had to call up scars from that, dude. No, they went away. They look like heroin scars because they were just like dots. Oh, but like I, uh, I called a friend that was a nurse. I was like, listen, Amy, I messed up, and she like doctored me up. But now I feed them cow's blood. So, and but we like, use them sometimes, like we know, yeah. like the different places. But he's but. trying to like, didn't you try to super glue it shut or something? I did. I tried to super glue it. Because it was bleeding it. so much. Like he's downplaying how she was bleeding. He. He got so scared that he called up a medical professional and said, listen, I messed up. I'm going to bleed out here. And I just put five buffalo leeches that were on some lady's uh, vagina. No. <laughs> that was my previous question. Are we, are these proven clean and free, like yeah. not well, previously used? They were unfed leeches. I mean, right. I think they no. went like. She called them titsies bitsies. <laughs> <laughs> so they went in her bitsies. They they were they were smaller when I got them. I think they were like a lot of times leeches only have to feed them like every couple months oh. if they're kept cool enough. And it's uh, weird when you feed them the cow's blood. It's gross. um and so like when I got them they were like hungry leeches so to speak. They weren't. But that better. doesn't mean they haven't been in her bitsy. No, no, that's, yeah, that really, yeah, that's true. I man. that that is yeah, but. <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna get like an email from this lady. Like, what are you talking about, me? I'm gonna get an email from some parent being like, "My yeah. child listened to this." She's like really, and she's like, "I love so, so leeches." If you go on her YouTube oh. pages and stuff, like, just look leeches.com. It was like, oh, <gasps> that domain. That's actually yeah. really impressive. But I mean, and is she on Pornhub? Like, I'm just confused. No, no, she I don't just, think there's anything. There's just very suggestive, weird. And you know, it's funny. Like, stuff. she's got like a muck. What's it? Muck burging, muck when you're eating and oh, talking. Yeah, she does that. <laughs> that was like, Wait, yeah. Colin, what was that accent there? That was a mukbang, huh? <laughs> but yeah, it was one of those like facets I like got into and was like, wow, this is a weird, like, I feel like I went oh, down yeah. the rabbit hole with this. And then I'm in a leech group on Facebook and they like really aren't a big fan of leeches.com, but it's kind of weird that there's a whole group for a leech hobby. Um, so I've got, I think it's like four like four or five medical leeches we've only used them literally like three or four times and it's usually at like more like we were at the oak park conservatory we did a stem fest and i keep them in a little like two and a half gallon with water sometimes people are like what are those sometimes right. people come up and they're like they don't know what they are right. but we 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 impress the people that hire us with that type of stuff like we're at the garfield park conservatory and yeah. we had we had all these different like classifications and groups and things oh here we go yeah that's it right there yeah they're, a, okay they're much prettier than i thought they would be but honestly, those are really good photos. When you see them up close, 
they're not that cool. I think they're that cool, but right. Um, yeah, that's where I got mine from. Leeches worldwide. And I buy edible cow's blood. You can get it at like your butcher, and I put it in little. Uh, wait, 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 Mike. When you this say so many it's crazy good. things in ten <laughs> minutes, you have to take long pauses for me to freak out. That's fine. <laughs> so Instead of feeding the leeches me, what I do is I buy cow's blood. But what I is non-edible cow's blood? What, what does that mean? The edible part. <laughs> like fresh from, the, yeah. fresh from the cow. But I guess people, like there's other, you know, um, what's it? I think in the Philippines, Sorry, they make, like blood cow. soup or something <laughs> like that. But um, I, uh, I just portion it off in little two-ounce cups. And then I basically put the little cup in a container. And the leeches go inside the little cup. And then they just come out. When bigger. it gets bad, though, it's putrid. Well, that's I don't like <gasps> Not about leeches, or do we want to do a hard left turn from leeches? I don't know. I don't know where you're going. Do you guys want to hear this? I'm so conflicted. Does it have anything? Does it have anything to do with Bitsy? <laughs> well, I think we moved down past Bitsy. Yeah, Bitsy. I think we're past and honestly, Bitsy. I'm kind of she scared that she'll yet. haunt me in my dreams after even mentioning. You watch one of those animal videos. If like, you watch them, she's like, <laughs> "I love the ways it feels in my." Anus. She did this whole thing, like she gives herself an enema. And then she sits on the toilet and you just hear it. Yes. And it was just like, I could have gone my whole life without that. Because yeah. I like to pretend like. Don't you do saw that. her shit leeches? No. no. Like she, she, you hear it. You just hear, yeah, the black rifle coffee in the toilet. You see her shit leeches? <laughs> no. You want to yeah. see me put the leeches in my vagina, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah, you watch yeah. some of her videos, you'll, you'll be like, oh. I do believe she is. She's from Romania, though. I think so. Not Kazakhstan. I, it's yeah, one of those. Your, your <laughs> Romanian accent was pretty bad. Yeah. Oh. I still follow her on Facebook, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Bitsy, huh? If I can find the one video, I'll, I'll send it to you with the avocado and the. Honestly, if you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does it feel like having a leech suck your blood? At first, it, it's like you can feel like a pinch when they first like attach, um, and then you can like you feel like pressure because it's like they start out small. And then they just start sucking and they, yeah, they go. It's gross. Yeah. The, the gross part is just the fact that that anticoagulant is so good that you just, you kind of just drip, if that makes sense. Um, they do use like medical leeches still in some aspects. Like if you cut your finger off and they try to reattach it, they'll put a leech on the end and it kind of help get the blood circulation going. Um, I don't think that's common practice. No, though. it's not it's, super yeah. common. And then like, it's almost like essential they'll oils. You like, that. you know, like essential oils don't do anything. But it makes you feel better when you use them, right? Essentially, so, yeah. you feel better. So, because like, <laughs> on their head, and they think it helps with baldness, or like they'll do cupping. You know, where you put that cup and you like uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, put the bleach on there. There's like a million things that they use leeches for. I don't know if they actually do anything. Like it's like they say they do, but like I said, I always compare it to essential oils, where you know they don't do anything. You know, like when your mom's like, "Take this lavender; it'll make you calm down," and you're like, "Mom, I just smell like lavender, and I'm still freaking out." So, yeah. Yeah. So, how do you keep those? Do you keep them, like, in water? Yeah. I got them in, like, a uh, – you ever see, like, Ziploc makes the um, – the it's a Rubbermaid container or a Sterilite that's, like, got a little seal. So, uh -huh. like, close it shut. And then I've got a vent on the side. Um, some people keep them in glass jars where they don't need a lot of oxygen. Some people put them in uh, their fridge to keep them cool. So like you can open it like once a day or 
um, just to let some air in. And as long as they're kept cool, they usually do okay. Buffalo How... more tropical, or you got to keep them warmer with like a uh, filter. I have not been very successful with those, and they're expensive, so I kind of stopped with those ones. But they're the ones that get huge. Yeah, they sound like they would get huge buffalo leeches. So how do you feed these things? He just said it with the blood. Yeah, I know, yeah. but like very specifically. He said he gets a little cup. I buy a gallon of cow's blood at a time. Buy a gallon of cow's blood. And I buy the little, like the cups like you use to feed crested geckos, a little two ounce, you know, and I just portion the blood out. I freeze it. So when I'm going to feed one of the leeches, I unthawed for a day. And then I put the little cup inside of like a, a bigger jelly cup and I put the leeches in there. They kind of crawl around, go inside. Cause I tried a bunch of different things. Like I said, I started with myself. I tried a goldfish. I tried a pinky mouse. It, it, the, the pinky mouse. I was like, bro, I can't watch this. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Um, so then I, I, after joining the leech group, I found like people would sometimes either use cow's blood and they'll soak like chicken livers in it and their leeches go and kind of feed off that. I found one nature center online that puts blood inside of a sausage casing and they hang it in the water, and the leeches come up and feed on there. It's like but, a bloody condom. Kind of, yeah. Okay, I'm ready for Colin's story. I'm so close to throwing <laughs> Yeah, these now. leeches, people. Y'all are If next people level. thought that, like, snake reptile people, people yeah. snake people were weird. This, yeah. this takes the cake yeah. by, well, like, literally leech, so close. The legion of leeches. I feel like there's a big overlap with BDSM folks. Sure. And these leeches. I feel like what it's are you doing? medicine versus like medicine that works. Sure. You know, and like yeah. leech tassels. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think I, Melissa literally went to go throw up. Oh, no. Uh, Again, this is. I mean, it's the first time she's she's cried before. She's never thrown up before, though. Hey, high five. Congrats, man. Yeah. yeah. I tried. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think it can get any weirder than that. I mean, you must not have any other. Uh, you'd be surprised. I'm trying. I mean, like, other than the, I mean, leeches are weird to most people. I can't think of anything else that I've done that's been like, or kept that's really been like. Dude, the, she, she literally just threw up. Did no, really? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's awesome. Oh. Is she really? He's what probably he messing with us. He's probably like, oh, she's had the flu for like a week. No, she... no, no. She throws up really easily. Oh, gotcha. Oh, no. Like, I wish I could turn up my sound or bring a mic in there, but she's literally yeah, really there's to that wall. Mine's right <laughs> here, so. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like we can't waste Colin's story while Melissa's yeah, occupied. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> well, does she sound like she's finishing up? You good? She just flushed. Oh no! So that's so I think she's ready to go. I mean, I, I really want to like... know. I want to know what was the final straw in which probably the the blood condom. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that did it. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know where it comes from, but like either one of us just like. <clears throat> The stuff that comes out of our mouth, or like you're just like people are like, you said that, like oh. you said really. <laughs> oh yeah, and Lynch four twenty like to say maybe she's prego and she throws up a lot, so we must have been pregnant for like two years. Well, sometimes that happens. That is what what <laughs> everyone. <laughs> That's almost like maybe it's like South Park with like the fetus thing, you know? Like yeah. 
don't know if you guys watched so on, it or not. What was I don't want you to relive it, but was was the final straw the the blood filled uh sauce out and then with the the sausage, yeah, the sausage that was just the visual of that. Yeah, it's that not that bad of a video. Like I'm pretty sure that's I, called you, chlamydia. If what? <laughs> well, right? Isn't that where you pee blood? I never had it. Yeah, I neither have I. I got tested, but I was clean. Yeah, that was another <laughs> story too. Anyway, oh my God, this is so R-rated. Wasn't from a boat. Okay, so do you guys do shows for kids, right? <laughs> yeah. And multiple people that the parents thought it was funny, but we get a lot of jokes that go over kids' heads. So right, because you also honestly yeah. you also have to cater to parents, and so mm. we'll say things that again are super clean, but like the parents will get it, and they're like, "Oh my God, that like I'm having just as much time." Because sometimes parents will kind of like stare off like, all right, well, you're just going to watch my kids for an hour and that's it. But then you'll say something and you hear them go, oh, I'm totally in. And then that, <laughs> like they're sitting there the rest of the time like yeah. laughing. So, okay, my story. So, um, I used to work for animal control a long time ago. And when I did, um, they always called me for, um, for any like exotic stuff. So like you'll get like randomly, you'll get like someone threw away a bearded dragon, like something really sad. And they'll pick it up and they'll say, hey, can you, you know, hold on to it, do the, you know, the whatever, the 10-day yeah. quarantine, not whatever it is, but um, just in case someone wants it or whatever. Um, and since then, they've always, just Will County, the, the county that we live in, um, calls me up anytime they have anything uh, exotic, like a reptile or anything. So on October 1st, so right as I'm going to one of the haunted houses, I drive, uh, I get a call right before uh, I'm leaving for work in this uh I like how Mike is pre-laughing. Yeah, really he's love, trying to keep I, it together, but he can't. Before I head off uh, to go home, they're like, hey, you know, uh, a landlord just called us up in Joliet, and they had a tenant leave some snakes, and they want you to go pick them up. So I'm like, ooh, cool. Like, part of me gets really excited, like, oh, it could be something super exotic, you know, like an elephant trunk snake or whatever, something random. And you're like, oh, cool. That'd be awesome. And then the other half of me is like, Colin, Chill out, dude. It's Joliet. It's probably a ball python. Yep. And a corn snake. <laughs> sure. I mean, honestly, honestly, I'd probably be more excited for an a corn snake than a normal ball python. So, but, um, so I go to Joliet, and Joliet's not known to be the greatest area in the world. Um, and so I pull up to this like kind of rundown property. This uh, there's a bunch of furniture out on the lawn, and someone's sweeping out the door. Some you know little old lady. And uh, I get out, I bring a tub and I bring a snake hook because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to be encountering. I'm not sure, you know, what type of snake. If they even, because they, the lady said she couldn't send me photos because she didn't have a cell phone with a camera on it. I go, holy crap. Sounds weird. Oh, okay. That's weirder than the leeches, you know? So um, I go up there and I immediately get this smell of just putrid disgust. Like, I'm like, I'm not comfortable with it. And Mike, Mike knows that I'm, not, not that I've got a super sensitive gag reflex, but like I can I can tolerate some smells, but I also can't. And there's specific smells, mainly Mike's farts. But uh, <laughs> but I get up to the door. I'm like, ooh, ooh, hold on. Does gagging, because I'm going to do a lot of gagging here real quick. Does gagging trigger you at all, Melissa? I mean, not normally, but post okay, so, what happened. So no, but um, because again, I'm very uh, emotive when it comes to this type of stuff. So 
I go in there and I look in this house and in the front room, there's this couch with this gross stain on there. Um, there's like a 75 gallon that's got probably about a quarter water left in it or a quarter level of water in there. It's just gross, uh, brownish, um, murky water. And then I look to the left of me and there's this 55 gallon with two ball pythons in there. And the, the, the enclosure um, had wood, uh, had like wood cut um, top on there. So like it wasn't mesh or anything. It was holding, you know, pretty much all the junk in there. Um, they had dropped in a lamp with a, uh, with an LED bulb in there. So it was not emitting anything other than light. <clears throat> one of the snakes is wrapped around that just to try and get, gather some heat, which is super sad. Mm. Um, and then the other one is like in a cinder block. Um, that's, it's like wedged itself into a cinder block what? inside the cage. It looked like it had not been touched in months. It looked like, um, there were, looked like there were, uh, several, carcasses of dead mice and rats that were like at that point where they had mummified slash bubbling still. Um, so me being an idiot, I opened up the wood slat and got oh. all of that. So I was like, like a meat, like I'm like my diaphragm was punching, was punching my throat. I was like, and then he's like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> and I'm like, how long has it been like this? Like, how, when did you? She's like, oh, well, we found them yesterday. And I go, the snakes? Like, why didn't you? Like, why didn't you take them out? And she's like, no, 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 no. The, the tenant. And I go, <gasps> he was dead. <laughs> so I go, where? She points over to the couch. And I'm like, yeah. <gasps> I'm like, no. And so I'm like, I'm breathing in dead body right now. I'm breathing in dead body. I'm like, like my body is like, no, no. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm sitting there like trying to like breathe, trying to like put my face in my, but it's like the thick, the the smell is so thick that I'm like, I can't even concentrate. And the one ball Python wedges itself between this cinder block hole. So I'm like, oh my God, like I'm about to get a hammer and break this thing open just to grab this snake out. Cause I'm not about to sit there and finesse a ball out of a hole. Wiggle it out. Yeah. No. But I was like, oh my God. So she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Just breathe out of your mouth. I'm like, no, I can taste it. So I ended up grabbing it out there and I kept on getting phantom smells. I washed the pythons after that. Um, the, and the smell would, would not get out of the snakes until they shut out, um, which was nuts. But uh, what I found out was the tenant did die. Um, he must have died after he had delivered his check in September. So he had been sitting there for a whole month on the couch. Uh, I come to find out too that there was a cat that had also died in the house over that month, which is sad. Even though they don't have souls, it's still sad. Um, <laughs> and then that seventy-five gallon with the fish, I guess, was like this really elaborate tank that all of the fish died. The snakes were the only thing that survived. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was putrid. It was the most disgusting smell I think I've ever inhaled, besides Mike. But I just. <laughs> this whole like we were supposed to talk about like our you know educational bug shows and we were off like this is the grossest podcast we've ever done well i mean it's one of those uh i swear we're professional yeah we are are. professional (laughs) fun and uh i mean obviously we're doing well because i mean we still we're doing it It just trying to have fun with it and everything but yeah some weird things happen here and there. yes definitely sometimes the weirdest thing is like the people like i when we first started doing shows i remember we were at like this uh was a mantino like and it was this little like middle of nowhere town kind of thing i mean not super yeah you know 
uh, boondocks. But um, this lady comes up and she's probably some meth head or whatever. But we're we're sitting there holding the <laughs> making some hard assumptions. Up, and this lady just starts petting the snake and looks at Colin she's like, we like to use animals in the Native American way. And we're like, what is that? What is the Native American way? Way. She just walked away after that. We were like, what? But then, yeah. but then she like circles back and was just like, we utilize everything on the animal. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like, and she just kept on going on and we're like, okay. Like, this, we have to sit here and listen to you and you're taking advantage of that. So, yeah. Um, or also like, um, Mike and I went to um, a reptile. Which one? Are you going to play the disco party? The disco party was fun. We got invited to a disco party, but I wasn't talking about that. Oh. I wasn't talking. We got invited to a disco party. We didn't know it was for adults. We get yes. like, hey, we want to book a show. We show up. It's all people in their late 20s dressed up as disco It stuff. was really cool. And they just wanted a reptile show, which was kind of weird. And I think there was a photo. There's like a really good photo of someone holding an animal and someone was like, like, like was smoking pot in the background. We're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, we can't use that. Yeah. It's a really good photo. And then, like, 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 you know, someone's like smoking in the back. I was like, "Oh man!" Um, <laughs> but no, we went to a reptile swap in this area that shall not be named. But there's some weird people that been there, and this guy had this acrylic oh, Beanie Baby display. <laughs> um, and it's a it's a, a bi monthly show. Yeah, that should not be named. It's named after someone. But Meaning not. that, yeah, we sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it's at you know fairgrounds. But anyways, um. So this guy in a has a beanie baby display and he's got these like, but he's made his own beanie babies type things. And he's got gray bands, like a couple different milks and things like that. Oh. And I like to talk to people and he like, I don't even know. I said like, is that one of them for sale or something? I was looking at like the gray band. I'm like, Oh, it's a pre gray band. Like, you know, are you selling that? And he goes, no, I actually play with these animals and, uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes I he set them. up his toys and he let the snakes go in through like the display. right. And he's like, yeah, look at this. This one can go to Mordo through here and to Exanthia, and then like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, where's Terabithia? Yeah. I feel like that should be on the. Phone. But, um, but then he goes, yeah, like sometimes I'll rub, I'll rub mice on the Beanie Babies' faces, and I'll, I'll get them to try to eat the Beanie Babies, and I'm like why he's just like i don't know i just do it and it was like meet some weird people right i'm like this is just weird dude like why why he used to meet bitsy bitsy yeah. no uh, Bitsy probably couldn't handle him i don't i didn't there in a while he was a weirdo he was a straight like yeah they're probably like hey man you're creeping people out <laughs> 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 or uh like there's this oh i don't know if we can talk about him this one i'm legitimately scared about but you'll get some weird people. I don't know. Who are you talking about? He's like, no, I'm scared. Does he have like so okay? Some mafia ties or something? Oh, right? no. Who are you trying to bring up? The uh our old employer? No. Oh. <laughs> now yeah. Mike's just gonna guess things that are worse uh, than what you were gonna say. The professor. Yeah. Oh no, we gotta bring that dude up. But how? But oh, what if he listens to this? yeah, true. What if he let? We just had like a like. So no, this, no one I, listens to this. I mean, enough people. You know, <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Forget it. He's straight weirdo, and you know what? I'm okay with it. He comes to one of our shows because he's no, like, no, no, he's dude. Like, you're going too hard. You're going too hard. <laughs> it's hurting me. Okay, it starts back. He's messed. This dude's 
dude's messaging Colin, right? Like, Kev, when's your show? What are you bringing to the show? But have you? you I have ten friends from out of city coming to the show. No, that's too specific. Okay, but you know, have you ever seen Stuart from Ed TV? Yes. Where he's like, hey, so Ah. I want to hold your snake. I think you're just dragging this on. I just want to explain like the how. But basically, okay, so the weird part about it is that he, this individual, because we can't say if it's a he. We already said it's a he. I'm I'm going (laughs) to. This animal. This individual will show up to our shows and just be like, who will text us, message us, and just be like, yeah, I want to hold you snake. I'm going to get. Are you going to bring. He's definitely watching right now. Yeah, Yeah. he's a super fan and he's watching. But then he will show up and not say a word to us. Yeah. The entire program will go up to him like. And it's not like a cute shy. It's like he's the dude with the bag and not another teen movie kind of thing. You know know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But then he'll show up and be like, like, hey, do you want to touch you? He's like, yeah. Oh, he gets, it gets weirder. It gets away. weirder. He comes up. He's with some like couple girls, right? And I refuse to talk to him. I go, he comes up with a, yeah, because he's like, I gotta get out of here. And he leaves me with this weirdo. Comes up with these girls. They're like, oh yeah, they want to hold the snake. They're volunteers for this. But you gotta say it like, no, nah, you're. I'm not as creepy as that. <laughs> but so we take, we let him take a picture, and I put everything away, and we go up to these girls at the end, like, hey, how do you know that guy? They're like, we just know he works at Walmart, and he came up and asked if we would take pictures with him. That's the first time. Okay, so he just grabbed these little, like, not little girls. They're, like, teenagers. But he's like, hi, I'm Steve from Bruce Clues. You know, and gets these girls coming up. And um, he uh, they take pictures. Then he comes up to another one of our shows. And it's just me. Like, I'm vulnerable there. I'm, my, like, by myself with animals. And he's like, hey, he comes up with these girls that are working with the paper. And he's like, yeah, they want to take a picture. And this girl's smart. She's like, no, I don't got time. It's cool. I'll take your picture. And then she, like, ran off. But, like, I told him. I was like, dude, like, it happened again. Like he was there and he shows up in his Walmart uniform and everything. And it's like, it just, why would you say that now? He knows. Oh, I, don't, no. I don't really care. Like, oh. I, it's, it's pretty really, obvious. We're uncomfortable. He makes everyone uncomfortable and he follows us around and we don't know what to yes. do about it. And he's like, yeah, you're my snake ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is probably the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, sir, like I'm not outside right now. Yeah. That's oh. but. In all seriousness, no, it was weird. Like, because the first time we're like talking to these girls, we're like, "Hey, how do you know that dude?" And they're like, "Oh, he just came and wanted a picture of us with the that snake." That was weird. That left me. And that was too. odd. And then that's very like, odd. He tried getting these older girls. I mean, they were probably like early twenties, and they're like, "No, nah, it's cool. We got to go." Like, yeah, that was a weird one. Oh, like I said, the people that just kind of follow you and meet up with right. you are, yeah, like there's like your reptile people weird, and you guys know what I'm talking about. But this yes. guy's like at like next level, like right. The ones I just that wanna... you just yeah, you just like no. Yeah, yeah just I don't know how it's happened. So you guys can be like, "Whoa, look at this guy!" Yeah. <laughs> so uh, animals. Oh, yes. Um, oh shoot, I had an animal question. Well, I was curious when you guys started Crosstown, as far as you two was, did one of you guys start it first and then the other joined, or did you start at the same time? So I was like, we need to do this. Yeah, he approached me about it. Like, and he was when Mike, Mike is not a great multitasker. If he if he's doing one thing, it's gotta be, I'm doing this one thing. I can't divert from anything else. And so he was finishing school and I give him credit for being resistant and saying, Hey, you know, no, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to do this. I go, Mike, you're in it. I don't care if you it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. We had just we worked for another guy doing shows and he like when we were younger, this guy was so cool, and then it turned out it wasn't what we thought it was. 
And, Not like that, though. Yeah, no, we didn't get touched. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I, I remember when Colin explained it the first time. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, I had just quit working for that guy, and I kind of, like, I wanted to, like, maybe breed this or do stuff, and Colin's, like, after we did the Statesville stuff, he's, like, dude, like, John was talking to me. me a little bit. He was, like, we should try to do this niche thing, and he was putting some stuff together. Um, and we sat down, and we kind of got, like, this little baseline across town. But at first, I was, like, I don't know if I really want to do shows. Like, let's just kind of market the stuff we breed or whatever. Um, and then it was probably, it was what, 2012, I want to say. Yeah. And then, uh, 2014, I think is when it kicked off. Like we had kind of like a, we probably year. had like 12 shows that year. We're like, Whoa, yeah, this we is... made a thousand dollars the whole year. It's cool. You right. know, spent half of it on animals. Yeah. And then this last year we, I mean, we're going to round out around 350. So, I mean, it's been 350 shows. Yeah. yeah 350 shows. So. <laughs> I thought hope, you made $350. I well, yeah. So but you I guys got to hustle harder, man. I know, right? But you know, we still have day jobs, and yeah, dude, that's absolutely 350. nuts. Three hundred fifty shows while you guys both have day jobs. Yes, and yeah. it helps too that there's two of us. Like, right? We can both, you know, kind of take time. Like, you know, if he's got something going on, like, hey, I've got, you know, my brothers this or that, or my family this. It's like we right. can kind of like, hey, I'll take the shows this day. You go do your family right. thing, or. I go hang out with my family or, you know, if we have something come up, right. um, which helps. And we have a couple of kids that we're having yeah. kids, some are adults, but people that help us out. Like we have, uh, we have one kid that's in high school in the summer. We'll have them, you know, we've spent a lot of time kind of like. Kyle Sterling, he'll be mad if we don't shout. Yeah, if we don't shout out his name. Follow yeah. him at K Sterling, K Sterling. or 36. Um, but he helps us out in the summertime. We'll send him to summer camps. Um, Local stuff though. I mean, for, for a high school kid, I'd say he's, he's got a good head on his yeah, shoulders. Um, and we genuinely trust him. Um, and then we have a couple other people that yeah, here Kevin and there. Toberman, yeah, uh, we met him through the Herb Society. Colin's girlfriend will do shows for us yeah. sometimes because we get too busy. Yeah, and I know um, too. Most of you brought this up at the show, like you know, does she show up to stuff like this? And she, uh, she like generally does, but there's a lot of stuff where she's just like, hey, do you just want to like? I mean, she'll she'll kind of just assume like, hey, you're gonna just gonna go do reptile stuff, um, and just kind of let me do my thing because I'm a million miles a minute at those shows. So she's just like, I feel like I'll just get in the way or something. So. Um, it's not like she doesn't want to be there, but I think she's kind of learned like, hey, like there are some things I go to, but if you're going to be trying to network or buy animals or whatever, or, you know, do what you're going to do, then, you know, I'll just kind of let you do your stuff. But um, she's super helpful. I mean, like if I'm coming home from a day of shows, like she'll she'll come over just to help me unpack all this stuff or, you know, she'll, she's really good at like taking animals out to hold them. And um, really anytime she can help, she will certainly help. So, I mean, it's not like she's not hands on at all, but um she tends to kind of know what she's needed for and what she, you know, she'll, she'll get in the way for stuff. So, but I'm also bad for asking for help too. Why? I'm, if Michael tell you, I'm like a big control freak when it comes to like all of the, and I mean, like some the of it inner kinda, workings of all this stuff. So he like Colin, like does all like most of the booking and when our business cards all have Colin's number on there, but we did kind of earlier on his, he's a project manager so he's got a little more downtime of just kind of managing people and stuff. And I'm actually have to like walk around and do stuff sure. so he can can't be on the phone while you're exterminating. Exactly. It's kind of the biggest thing he's able well, to just like, and again, returning emails, like every, all the, everything goes through me first. So then it's, you know, if, if a date, everything goes through Mike, but it first comes to me and then we discuss, all right, do we have time for this? Can we fit this? The other thing schedule? is like, I'm not very good. Like I'm one of those people that'll send a message and I'll sound like a jerk. And Colin will send the message, and it's like beautifully he'll, written. He'll type something out, and it'll be like, "Oh my god!" Like, 
Like someone will be like, hey, do you guys do shows? And I'll be like, yes, here's the show. Here's how long it is. And here's the price. And then Colin gets this like great elaborate thing. And I just think. And I'm like, address the person. Like, sometimes hey, a little Becky, awkward. Thanks like, for I mean, not sometimes us. all the time. But he's like, yes, yeah. this is where we'll be. Go away. And I'm like, I, yeah, that's why I let him handle it. Cause like, more like, I'll message someone like I talk and it doesn't come off right. Right. If that makes sense. Like, when I'm having a conversation, I sound like a nice person. But if we were messaging, like, I would just, I probably wouldn't sound the same. You'd be like, wow, he doesn't want to talk to me. Like, and yeah. That's why he's not good on Tinder or Bumble or exactly. Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Grinder, but. Well, you didn't know. Sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know oh where to go now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just have a different subject. Two questions. First sure. one, do you guys see each other every day? At least a couple times a week. I mean, we, we live call like, each other every day. Just to discuss like stuff like, hey, this person's booking a show. Can we do this? Or, you know, here's the latest scoop on that. Um, but we're, I mean, I think my house is like 15 minutes from here. So we yeah. luck out where we live close. I mean, we went to the same high school. That's where we met. And then, you know, kind of, uh, we're like those people that just didn't want to move far away type thing. So right. it worked out. It makes sense. I was just thinking, you know, I'm sure there's like a new booking every day or new something or something that you want to like talk yeah. about. And so I feel like it. Or like if there's like an atypical show, like someone's like, hey, I'm looking like, what was it? Uh, not too long ago. Someone was like, hey, my kid wants like a carnivorous plant and bug show. Yeah. And I just lucked out where I had like some another thing where yeah. Mike's like, dude, we should totally do a plant show. And I'm like, Mike, I love plants. Like, I'm actually, I'm probably more of a green thumb than he is. Um, yes. And I'm just like, Mike, that's the dumbest and idea And it, it was predatory plants. Like, I was like, right. hey, like, like one never, stuff. No. I can never think of anything more boring. Than <laughs> <a plant. laughs> I, I was going to, okay, I was going to incorporate, like, a Venus flytrap and, like, maybe a pitcher plant into, like, my bug show. Like, hey, this is just a random cool thing. And some of the bug show that we do is, like, I talk for a little bit, and then I have a display where I have the kids come up. Cause like bugs aren't that huge. So it's like, I get that some of these kids are going to get a little antsy in the back or there's that kid no that just intended. can't, can't sit still. Um, so then they can come up and look at things. And I thought it'd be cool to have some of these plants. And I was talking to him about it and he's like, this is lame. And then all of a sudden someone calls and says, Hey, can my kid get a, like my kid wants a plant show or something. And he was like, hey, bugs. And I'm like, well, it, for a bug, she's like, yeah, it's like a plant and bug party. I go. Yeah. I'm like, Mike, I'm going to eat my words. You were right. And uh, yeah, I mean, he had a great idea. And so he bought some carnivorous plants and had some laying around and did the show. And they're like, this is awesome. And I was like, all right, at least we're accommodating for people's you know, wants. And I mean, again, yeah. we'll probably never, no, I won't say yeah. We will probably only receive maybe one more of those phone calls because I won't, won't say never anymore. I learned that from Justin Bieber. But. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes too, it's like, he might be like, hey, I don't know if this is going to like, the last Tinley show, him and I were talking about doing the setup. I'm like, hey, it's a reptile show. So if we're going to display something, I want to have something that's weird. And he's like, well, let's do this. And I'm like, everyone has snakes. Everyone has lizards. And that's why I brought those giant toads and our cool tortoises and some of the bugs. And then, like, I forgot what I sent him later on. Some person in a random Tinley group was like, I don't know what these creatures are, but they were the coolest thing I saw today. And it was my smooth-sided toad. And I was like, hey, look at this post, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, all right, Mike, you do what you're going to do. I know it'll work out. Yeah, and then the cactus. I got, I brought that up like eight times, right. but it was like a thing. He was like, "Bro, why are you gonna sell these cactus?" He I'm kept like, for years, dude. Let's just. I think I can make money on this. And I'm like, I don't think I made a profit. It's just the fact I sold it all. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I probably did. I didn't keep track of it. I'm really bad at like, like Tinley's not like, oh, hey, I need to put away. I need to make X amount of dollars to justify it. It's just like 
what kind of random stuff can I throw on this table <laughs> while promoting Crosstown? Like, and it works. Like, I and remember uh, the road road a lot of awareness. So it brought you a lot of awareness, whether it's, yeah. you know, through YouTube videos. Uh, in March, I'm like, I'm going to bring groceries. Like, I'm going to show up with like bikini yeah. and like cactus. And I'm like, I, bet I think you at a certain sell. point, though, you need some type of like distributor's license. Like, you can't just be selling. <laughs> this isn't like a market or something yeah. where you can i think though like a lot of people are like oh i don't want to go to the grocery store and he's got this here you know that's true but like we're I not mean, really yeah. there that's red right. guy that's true and you know what though i was walking in on the first day some guy was frantically running around and he goes up to like potter or somebody um so i was by the reptile house table and he was hey uh, uh i can't find and they're like what do you say uh the bread guy i need bread and i'm like you're at a reptile show, dude. Yeah. Like, really? And my, like, I'll see Mike come up with like exotic jerkies. I'm like, dude, you're at a reptile show and you're going to get some like, you know, lace monitor jerky or like, you, know, I don't know. you guys know I'm talking the guy in the back, like, that's always got like the buffalo jerky or the alligator jerky. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you're at a reptile show. It's, it's like, like dude, it's exotic, bucks, it's exotic you know? meats. I'm like, oh, exotic meats. <laughs> yeah, that's something to wear. They probably, I mean, they probably made more money than we did at the show. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, I mean, they're they're selling to their crowd, which is people yeah. that want exotic meats and cactus and raisin bread that you can again go to the store and buy the same stuff. <laughs> I had one where I bought like I forgot the guy's like we're end of show special and he sold me like a whole box for twenty bucks. <laughs> I had bread for like months. He's like, you want some bread? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm like, I want an ivory Burmese python. Can you get me one of those, please? End of yeah. show special. Speaking of getting new animals, like when you do purchase a new animal, do you guys like sit down and talk or like discuss how are you going to present this at shows? Or like, do you write up a little script or how does it really go when you get yeah, so a new I wish we were as cool and as formal as you're making this out to seem, but it's mainly just almost like a podcast. We're like, oh my God, it'd be so cool to have blank. And then like, sometimes we'll talk about something so much that like, we'll like, get each other like so pumped on it that the next day Mike will be like so coming in the mail and I'm like oh yeah you you decided to buy an Aldabra tortoise for several yeah. thousand dollars he's like yeah I did it and I'm like and he's like it's your turn and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I mean we we got some bucket list animals we did really we did right. well enough we're like hey we're gonna get some stuff that uh you know, we've always wanted and like the tortoise, like I live on a farm now, like I'm on a six and a half acre farm. So oh. I, um, I wouldn't have bought the tortoise if I didn't have space for it. Right. And uh, my, one of my, our, our good friends, one of our with quote unquote sponsors, Noam Rodents, even though he doesn't like, he's more of a he just wholesale. Um, he's a he silent sponsor. And uh, like, I, I live with him and everything, but he was like, yeah, buy a tortoise. We'll build a barn or something later on when it's huge. And, was totally down with it. So I was like, you know what? We could use a giant tortoise. I mean, we have a big tortoise, but it wasn't an Eldabra tortoise. So right. now we have that. And then he got a black dragon right. that yeah. we're going to work with. Um, and back to your whole, like, do you write up a spiel or anything? It's a lot of us will, or a lot of times we'll research, you know, our, our facts. We try to find some unique things about them. Cause some of these animals like are kind of similar too. Yeah. You have to find something unique or it's gotta be really eye catching. Like I forgot one time we we brought we brought a savannah monitor and like a black, a black throat, throat and a tegu and then we were trying to think of different and we're stuff. Like, oh to man, learn. there's so many similar talking points. Again, you can find specifics, but when you're at a show, um, when you're doing a birthday party or something, and some people call them dog and pony shows and stuff, but um, 
I feel like some of the best educational shows I've done have been at birthday parties because again, the birthday boy or girl is super into that stuff. That's why we're there. And then other times it's like, oh, this is just like kind of the entertainment. It'd be really cool to have a reptile guy come out or an animal guy. Um, but when you're there, you're just kind of giving bl blanket statements on things. And we kind of break things up like our lizards go into herbivore, carnivore, omnivore. Okay. So we try to bring like a skink, a monitor, an iguana, or different variations of, of herbivore, omnivore, uh, carnivore. And uh, so when you're giving just those general statements of like, all right, this is a monitor lizard. It's, you know, a carnivore. This is what it eats. This is how big it gets. This is relation to Komodo dragons, blah, blah, blah. And then when you have something similar to that, you're like, oh man, what can I say about this animal? That's not the exact same thing. But again, that's where, um, you know, that's where, again, doing this for a long time, you will find things like that. But when you're doing stuff specifically for a party, people will just want to know the general stuff. They don't want to know that, oh, it's also called yeah. a Bosque monitor and they actually enjoy eating snails. And this, it's like, they just want to know what it eats, how big it gets. Stories are another big thing. Right. You know, like we do have a number of rescues, which are kind of like, a, you know, well, if it's got a unique story behind it, like, um, the one, our iguana Zoe, you know, it came from a great owner and stuff. He was just going to college and we kind of talked a little bit about like, we get a lot of calls from parents that our kids are going off to college. Can you guys take this? Can you help us out? Sure. Um, or like our, the mortise, the tortoise, like he just got too big for somebody. They bought him when he was little and he kept growing. And then all of a sudden it was like, he's too big. Um, so now we got him, uh, trying to think of who else we got. That was, a uh, or two, just like, you know, our relation to it. Like I always when I pull out my alligator snapper, I'm like, this is Rocco. And he's like my baby. Like I've had him since he was a little guy. He's 20 pounds now. Kind of talk about how like out of everything, like Rocco's my favorite, you know, he's, he's my, uh, shell he's my shell baby. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing, you know, cause like sometimes people can relate like, Oh, I love my dog. He loves his turtle, you know? So I feel um, like that's something that really connects and that we've lacked in the way of presenting it in YouTube. I never thought of myself as an educator. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't. Well, just I mean, well, I mean definitely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see. We more. got a, we, I got a permit for it. Cause some of the permits are my name, some are in Colin's name for some of our animals. I got a permit for a gopher tortoise. And I totally listened to that podcast with that girl from Florida that you guys had on um, right when I got it. And I like thought that was a very helpful, like gave me a bunch of cool facts and a more like appreciation for this, just like this little brown tortoise that I got that you might not like think is anything crazy, but it's super important. Right. And I totally learned a lot of this stuff from your show. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So that was Amanda Hips. If you guys want to go listen to that, all about gopher tortoises and yes. eat their shit. Exactly. Yes. But it's like, I, you know, I never thought of how impactful it is to actually name your animals. Cause like, you know, we don't, you know, having a larger collection, we don't name our animals for us. But I'm realizing the fact that if we incorporated that into like our YouTube and stuff like that, I think people would really connect it a more. Connection. But I feel bad like doing it just for that reason. I mean, we have names simply for right. our record keeping, and we haven't. But we don't add it up enough. We haven't. Oh, like this is a two five seven. Well, we call, usually just call them what they're more fit. You know, like this is okay. a reverse Okaji. This like that I don't know that their name is their morph to us right and I don't know why we have them more for names. some reason but I understand like people people say when you name something you love it unfortunately right. yeah. yeah and that's I mean, something you're right and that's something too Mike and I um you know I I think we picked up um a couple bad habits growing up just with the guy that we used to work for um and 
we really did reevaluate once we started this again. Like, dude, I felt like we were so desensitized to the animals themselves and just like keeping animals as, as pets instead of, um, I don't know, I, I guess I don't want to say commodities, but I think it, it may have gotten to that point when we were younger. But again, both Mike and I were in our, our, uh, our, our early teens and late teens when we worked with this guy. So again, we kind of, um, you know, picked up some bad habits from there, but we going forward, we're like, dude, let's like kind of like reestablish our, our core values for who these animals are. And, um, I think that's, that is a testament to the amount of animal or the, the quality of animal we keep today, because the show animals that we used prior, it was like, all right, let's get some exotic stuff. Like, you know, like this guy had like giant peach throats and, um, you know, crocodile monitors and he crazy stuff crazy like you stuff. couldn't like let a kid pet. Sure. But he was like, bring shows. it to the show because it'll be cool. So if you got scratched up bit, whatever at the show, like to him, it was more of like it was a bad WWE of toxic for reptile shows or something. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, yeah. looking back at it, I'm like, man, I feel like an idiot. But I was like, I was a kid. I had no idea what we were doing. Um, and so going into it, like Mike and Mike is like, I'm a safety, I'm a safety professional for, for my nine to five, but Mike is, you know, even more anal than I am when it comes to just like the, the procedures and cautions that we use going into these shows. But like Mike and I are proud to say, I mean, back on wood, we've never had uh, a, someone get bit. We've never had someone um, get scratched, an animal die or anything. I mean, you'll hear yeah. people that have done this much longer than we have that accidents do happen and things, but like, we're so cautious when it comes to that. And I think a lot of it is just the preparation that we gave our animals prior to, or and the vetting of the animals. Like with bugs, you, they don't have much personality. It's more like knowing the species. It's knowing the species, knowing your limits with each individual animal. Um, and I think that's that's you know again made our jobs much more easy. And also too, I think it's um, you know so much more rewarding the time that you put into again a Gamora, the green anaconda, or um, you know Kumba, the rhino iguana, or things like that that are just so docile so puppy dog tame that like people that don't get to experience these animals on a regular basis or just see them on on Kenan's show or bar check show and you're bringing them to the, your lit their living room and they're they're just they're ready to be loved on and enjoyed and, and interacted with i think is is probably the most rewarding and coolest aspect of what we do today. we've had it a couple times where people are like i saw this on this guy's youtube or i saw this right. on that guy's mm -hmm. and like it's kind of you don't i guess you almost don't even realize how like uh youtube gets to people like right. that well i mean now but, yeah. i mean you'll have and I forget um, Emily's alligator's name. Um, Rex. Rex. And oh, uh, I remember taking out uh, Chubbs, the alligator, one of our alligators, and, or alligator. We don't have multiple. Um, but uh, they go, oh, is that Rex or is that a friend of Rex? And I go, oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> awesome. And so I messaged him, like, hey, Emily, you know, someone, you know, someone in Chicago, you know, said something uh, or uh, referenced Rex and whatever. And she laughed at that. But. Um, it's really cool when, you know, people mention those names and it kind of going back to your point of naming animals, having that personal connection with those creatures. Um, just like I think Barchek does an amazing job on just, and again, naming these creatures, allowing people to name some of them too. And they do have some very impactful names and some very memorable names. Like our African giant bullfrog, his name is Jellybean. I mean, people laugh really hard yeah. just because of how he's a two pound African giant bullfrog named Jellybean. Or we've got. Well, Mr. I laughed at Chubbs. Chubbs is funny, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, is that is that a uh, Happy Gilmore? I'm excited. Yeah, is that a Happy Gilmore reference? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I mean, what else? So, Mortis the Tortoise. We do a lot of like Marvel references, like right. nerdy uh, Harry Potter stuff. Like we have Trevor the Toad, yeah. you know, and it was Joe like, Rogan, the Hissing Cockroach. Yep, uh, Trevor. 
uh, Drax, or, yeah, you Drax. know, Gamora and Nebula. Trevor's a smooth-sided toad. Yeah. It was oh, Neville, no. uh, Neville, Neville Longbottom's familiar uh, uh, in the films. But like in the film, like they used antibodies, which was, you know. Yes, they used um, smooth-sided toads. Trying to other nerds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're. <laughs> we did, like the whole Harry Potter uh, set up and display, and we brought like a, ba uh, well, we brought, I brought a basilisk. But I also brought a uh, shell to Pusik or a, a European legless lizard. And that's primarily what the basilisk is based off of because the basilisk in Harry Potter films can blink and they also have ears too. And I think mm. um, Emily from Snake Discovery actually did a whole video on this, but it was something I already knew, but it was really you know uh, educational for people. Right, Taylor's Whip Scorpion. Right. Used the, uh, when Mad Eye Moody deadly was, curse and Yeah, Mad Eye Moody was going over an unforgivable curses in uh was a third film or something like that yeah goblet um, of fire something like that i don't remember the actual i'm on like the fourth book right now no that's um, the one that robert passing died in so okay yes that, that was the that was the one gotcha anyways and we have lord of the Rings stuff like uh legolas is our legolas like lizard. lizard right yeah. uh some land before time we got ducky yeah um dumbledore is our aldabra tortoise um let's see who we got uh Groot, we have a, a baby alligator snappy troll named Groot. Uh, Drax is our Cayman lizard. Little Star Lord, the Russian tortoise. Yep. Uh, but yeah, just a bunch of fun names. Pretty much. Vito, the, uh, the Italian tegu. No, he's he looks like Don Vito because he's yeah. uh, from Vivo <laughs> Man. Yeah, he has the big a, double chin. I'm kidding, guys. Yeah. By the way, tegus oh. aren't from Italy. I got it. Oh, it was Vito. Is that why you said that? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. true. It's like even we have our one snake that has a name, and his name is the brain. And I definitely and have, people like him. Now. I have a little bit more of a love for the brain, but I think I had that name. I had that love, but before, I like the brain. But the brain, but you know, the first it's time, hmm, like Pinky and the Brain. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we brought the brain to many shows, but the White Plane show was the first time. I think we got asked at least four times. People are like, yeah. "Where's Pinky?" I was like, oh, we've never thought we're like, we were happy with well, just it's, the brain. It's the first but... time that people ask for that snake by name also. I didn't know that that was a thing. True. They're like, where's the brain? Yeah. Like, yeah, like cool you guys are. Like you're you're reaching that many people like that they know your snake. Right. You know, like then you got to get a pinky. Then you got to like get the the whole Animaniacs group. Because I mean, <laughs> started as like a little sub thing on the Animaniacs, right? Yes. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Well, we're yeah, actually going to a 90s TV show trivia on Wednesday. I got brushed up on all my anima Animaniac stuff. Oh, I love those. those yeah, it made me think of like uh, Kids WB. Like that was yes. yeah. yeah. The Animaniacs, Freakazoid, uh, Hysteria. Like oh, I'll show you. cartoons. Like it's like ninety percent what I watch. So. Yeah. Uh, oh shoot! I don't know. But it's like I realized how powerful you know that is the fact of sure. talking about that animal, but. And we've talked about animals over and over again, but if we don't have a name, it doesn't seem to stick. So that was just super interesting and something that like is pretty fucking obvious, but we didn't catch on to yeah, it until right now. We're doing shows, and I bring out like a uh, like my one rose hair Annabelle. Like I'll say that she has a name, and people are like, oh, she's okay now. Like yeah, honestly, you know, course, like yeah. you get more comfortable, and then I'll be like, well, it's named after the doll, but then it's you know right. <laughs> Or we someone gave us a, a blood python, uh, or not a blood python? Oh my gosh, a Borneo short tail. People are gonna kill me saying that. Um, a black blood, um, but a Borneo short tail, and um, named uh, John Wayne Gacy. And I'm like, 
I think we'll just call him Wayne. And Mike thinks we call him Gacy. So, like, he's at this presentation the other day going, yeah, well, this is Gacy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, you can't just say Gacy. We teach children. It's not Gacy. It was at a college. And we're in Chicago where, like, John Wayne Gacy did all this stuff. Like, it's too – like. And you're in a traveling show, much like a clown would be. There are still family members that, like, are alive today. It's not that long ago that John Wayne Gacy killed a crap ton of people. Like again, this makes it sound like we're not. We're totally like professional. We're dealing with people. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it totally does. Like but we, we did not like, name that animal. Uh, I named him Wayne, or I'll call him Dubs. I think Dubs yeah. is too. Maybe we'll name him Dubs. I don't know. Dubs. Yeah, I. But he was calling him Gacy. I'm like, don't call him that. Yeah. People I, hear I you. Thought the college students would get a kick out of it. You know, like did hey, know? some of them did. Because uh, I used to, I was like, hey, this is. You know, his previous owner named him Gacy, and I'd be like, you know, you have your somewhat normal reptile people, <laughs> right. and then you have your out there reptile Well, there people. was, like, Dahmer, and there were, yeah. like, all of them were serial killer names. I'm like, I'm just going to name this Blue Tongue Skink, whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Something. We do get not, not like that. Not, yeah, not Jeffrey Dahmer, the Blue Tongue Skink. Yeah, if you name your animals after serial killers, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned. Although you guys are knee deep in all the horror stuff, it seems like you guys are really into that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Before you pivot there, I have one more last question oh. for this. You um, didn't like my transition though. It was, was a that perfect. That was a perfect not? pivot. Perfect pivot. Yeah. Golf clap. Moment Golf of silence for death right now. Um, have you ever had a question at like an educational thing that has stumped you? All the time. Yeah. Sometimes kids will ask, like, I mean. I guess it gets like some like ridiculous, like who's gonna win in a fight, that frog or that toad? And you're like, <laughs> you know, or, or those, or oh man, what was the one the other day? Oh, um, they said, um, is this tortoise native to Australia? And I go, are there tortoises in Australia? Yeah, and I didn't look it up, but like, I'm like, I need to go look that up, but I'm like, I don't know that, but I guess I'm gonna go find out here in a minute, or like, you know, after the show. But there's specifics pe- on countries sometimes. Sure. It's like we try to do really well on knowing our geography. But sometimes you're like, oh, wait, yeah, I don't you, know. Like, you're yeah. like, wait a sec. And honestly, like, I'm not someone that will make anything up. And um, there are people that would just be like, yeah, just for the flow of the show, I'll make something up. And I will literally halt a show and be like, that's a good question. I have no idea, actually. And I think it's better to be uh, transparent like that and try to just be like, hey, I really don't know that. And I think that actually adds more to your credibility um, on, you know, just your knowledge base of what, yeah, you, like what you're you, trying to provide. When you can say you don't know, like people kind of respect you a little right. more. And again, there's no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes people ask about like cognitive abilities on animals or like, does right. they love you? And right. I'm like, I'd like to think That's so. That's where it gets oh. weird, yeah. Yeah, not even weird, but it's like a lot of people ask for just really right now. Or like, you know, when you're you're walking around with the toad and then it pees and then someone's like, is that an R. Kelly toad? Because it's a group of kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that, that stumped me. Yeah. I like paused for a minute. Trying to hold them together. Yeah, and then the rest yeah. of the time they're screaming our Kelly Toad. So <laughs> that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Trip, trip, trip. But yeah, we, we, we do get stuck. <laughs> I guess do we want to pivot now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we taking that? I think we're taking that hard pivot. Let's pivot. So horror things. Yeah. The horror things. Yeah. R. Kelly's pretty scary. Only this is true. Don't bring it back. Babe, don't bring it back. Uh, Keep going. Pivot. Zombie <laughs> Army Productions is the company that Whoa, we work what? with. Yeah. Okay. Right after we just talked about peeing on people. Okay. Right? I was trying to pivot because like she sure. was trying to keep Joe. I'm trying to keep you on track. <laughs> you know, I'm trying Thank to help. You. Yeah. We have a solid bro, man. So but, what did you want to talk about? The horror stuff. Horror stuff. Just in general. Yeah. Oh, you guys had a super. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just gonna repeat your Run question with it. back to yeah. you. 
and see what you do. Oh, uh, oh um, October's crazy though for you guys. October yeah. is crazy. Yeah, this year um, we had 21 days for so four, I guess 42 days total between the two haunted houses. Yeah. Um, so we had 21 days each haunted house, um, and uh, yeah, each haunted house. Um, you know, we have just a kind of a variations of snakes, bugs, um, rodents at one of the haunted houses we use. We uh, have like a big rats. display basically to kind of help set the mood. Like when you're walking in, like, you know, for me, it's like a whole little, like, there's just one room basically you walk in, but it's almost like a lab setup kind right. of, you know, but it's cool. I mean, it's, it's definitely grown from, you know, just like a, a friend of a friend saying, Hey, you know, or actually not a friend of a friend, one of my good friends from high school, just saying, Hey, my buddy's got snakes. We can come out for a, a promo video to um you know like next to you know just being in film and production in general like next week we'll be on fargo well i guess we can say that we can, we're gonna be on fargo next week um wrangling some roaches that they need for a scene um fargo fargo yeah uh it's uh based out of uh kansas this season but apparently oh, wow chicago, chicago is the uh is the uh, the basis for for this next shoot but um but yeah, but it's it's just fun, just like randomly being like, oh yeah, we're gonna be on this production this day, or like this is this will be you know our first movie that we got to do, and it's fun because uh, again, growing up, I mean, part of part of Mike's uh, like part part of Mike and I's relationship are is like based around movies in general. Like, doesn't matter if it's horror movies, superhero movies, whatever. Like, we're like complete movie buffs. We love cinema. Um, we go to movies is, like once a week. Once a week, Mike. Roughly, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike it, it has been a trio. Um, for the last, I mean, how many years of showing on Probably three, at least three years. Three, yeah. So, Mike, are you saying he's a qualified third wheel? <laughs> no, I mean that is like it's like I told Charlene, I'm like, there, there are some things you need to know about me that will never change. One is that I will always keep reptiles, and then two, Mike. I will always keep Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike will be our permanent third wheel. I don't care what you say. Like, I'm even wearing like Mike on my underwear right now. Like. Well, you got to show everyone to prove it. Oh, I mean, because I mean, people have, people on the downloads won't see this, but yeah, that's my thing. That's Mike. Okay, my, my he is he is he is my best friend. Like you can't. I don't think anyone else can prove that they're best friends with someone without having their face on a pair of their underpants. My family like questioned me. They're like, "Hey, are you uh, you gay?" And I'm like. No, they're and then, like this whole story started with my uncle. Um, I lived with during high school. Went to like a party that we were gonna do a show at, and um, Colin showed up there. But they're like, "Hey, you know, did Mikey come out of the closet?" And like, my uncle's like, "I don't think so." They're like, "Well, he's he's in all these pictures with that guy over there." <laughs> all the years that we've been uh, together, I should say, together, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we've never gone to the zoo together. And so in 2015, um, we went with the Herb Society to uh, to Brookfield Zoo. Together, we'd always gone separate, but we went there together with the Herb Society, got a behind the scenes tour. And I was so pumped because I was like, dude, we've never gone to the zoo together. <laughs> and we brought like a little cardboard sign that said like our first zoo trip. And we were all bundled up and stuff. And like we stood right in front of like the big, you know, Brookfield yeah, yeah. Zoo sign and had like some like, hey, can you take a picture of us? And they're like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Here we go. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> and like with and the, the one zoo we went to where we like he said we were on a caterpillar and it's like Colin's riding behind me and I'm on the caterpillar uh, you know yeah. but and then the other thing that really kind of topped it off um, it's Colin and I in a picture I have two nieces and they're they're both little mixed babies so it looked like a gay couple that adopted two black kids like and that's I think what sealed the deal 
But the other thing that made it worse is when Colin finished the show, I was at my normal job. He goes up. Uh, they're like, hey, how's things with you and Mike? And he's like, oh, he's basically my life partner. <laughs> and he was like, I'll still love you. And I'm like, one, you better still love me. And two, no, I just don't have a girlfriend. Okay. Like kind of when you tell like a Tinder yeah. date, like you breed roaches for a hobby, they're like, let's just be friends. Yeah. And they don't- <laughs> but we try, we try to get Mike a date. So yeah, I'm always, I'm so encouraging. Like all the time I'm always asking him like, so who are you talking to? He's like, well, if I talk to you, I'm going to jinx it. So I'll let you know when it's like about that time. And it hasn't yeah. happened in a while. So we'll, well, we'll make if it. anyone's listening to this podcast, um, yeah. at gmails.com, you know. Yeah, Gmails with an S. Yeah. Gmails yeah, I don't know S. why. Yo, that. Gmails. <laughs> Over in the gmail.com. But, uh, you like roaches? Yeah. And Colin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hit my cup. Well, if you can tolerate me. And long walk on a beach. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you can't be the jealous type. Yeah. yeah, film and production stuff. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, just the fact that um, I tried Bumble. Oh, hey, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly, on, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's funny because he likes b- bugs, and it's like Bumblebee. Like, oh, it is Bumblebee. Yeah, and Transformers. So, but but no, a big part of Mike and I's relationship has been like cinema and movies. So it's really cool that like we get to be on like Exorcist the TV series or um. You know, again, like the Chicago fire shows or, you know, different things like that, where it's like we grew up and some of our first experiences were looking at like different animals on shows. And like Mike could tell you, like, you know, the third season of NYPD Blue, a tarantula was on a desk. And he's like, oh, that's a Mexican red knee or that's a, a, a you know, a, a furry, <laughs> yeah. furry laid shelter fusis or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, but like, you know, those type of films, it's like, that was kind of pinnacle because again, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, you know, Animal Planet was is actually fairly new. I mean, in our lives, I mean, you yeah. guys are in your twenties, but um, you know, Animal Planet didn't show up until what, like the mid nineties. So I mean, some of the the first stuff that we got to watch was like again, all things on movies like Indiana Jones and you know, yeah. um, and seeing the still, snakes in the pit, yeah. and, you know, so all that kind of stuff. It's cool to be a part of that, like. I don't know, group of people that provides animals to, you know, films and are exposing people to seeing some of these creatures for maybe the first time in such a very unique way. So, so how long have you been working for um, Zombie Army? Just literally. So just as long as we've had Crosstown. Yeah. Okay. That's how started. Yeah. That's, that was kind of like the, it was almost like the, the inspiration I needed to get back into it because before we were kind of burnt out and kind of had a bad taste in our mouth from the last, go around that we had with the educational um, shows and kind of having that spin on like, Oh, we're going to be animal handlers. Like, yeah, it was kind of, you know, kind of a cooler, um, I don't know, spin on it. And then it was almost impossible not to do birthday parties and library Mm -hmm. like that, because it's such a, it's such a staple for doing what we do. And it almost kind of like justifies keeping some of these creatures because we would get you know for a for a if we didn't have an animal be like you know what that would be something you know i I wouldn't mind keeping again or whatever and like that's how we got zoe zoe was doing a um was in a uh a pilot for a show called zubiquity and zubiquity was like this medical show where it was going to be very incorporated with like animals and whatever and zoe's part was just to sit on someone's shoulder and just be a big iguana that was about it it's literally two seconds walk by with the camera, zoom in on the, on the iguana for a second and then go back out. 
Um, and so, you know, we did that. Obviously, the pilot didn't air or anything like that, which which kind of stinks. And that actually happens quite often with a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, but, uh, you know, we kept Zoe after that. Like, man, this was like one. It was we made a very smart purchase on which animal we chose um, to, to, to buy or not even buy, but to, to take in. But and then two, it, it ended up being just a, such a, an amazing staple in our shows. I mean, Zoe's yeah. potty trained. Zoe um, is super I don't want to say vocal, but super responsive to, you know, to humans. I mean, like when he's happy, he bobs his head. When he doesn't want something, he shakes his head no. I mean, it's it's really cool. So I think there's just kind of in kids getting handled, you know. Right. And just enjoy. I mean, there's countless photos on our Instagram of Zoe just being showered with hands and is just loving every second of it. Um, so I think it the the production and, and the actual educational shows themselves to that extent to the, each other quite well. But it took that kind of transition to did, be yeah. like a common interest in movies yeah. in the animals to get you back into it. Definitely. It just something it just it was just something different. And I think Mike and I are really good on keeping things like just uh, looking for looking for different venues in order to keep things fresh. You know what I mean? And like just again, not trying to be uninvited, but finding kind of niche places i think in that that big thing was the haunted houses and the, yeah. the film and production but like you know every now and then we'll we'll try to find like we did the aquatic experience which is now uh based out of new jersey but it was in i think every five years they switch up uh, between cool chicago event. and new yeah. jersey but we said hey you know i know it's an aquatic show but maybe that'd be a cool venue to to display some reptiles and we i think that was one of our first shows where we actually hit hard and we got so many different um it inspired me to get a van Right. That's how big of a deal. That's it was. how big like, of a deal it was. Like we, we brought got all so our big shows. guns, and yeah. then you know, like the we hooked a- up with Universal Rock there too, and they they you know gave us a bunch of stuff at cost, pretty much. They're like, hey, listen, we don't want to bring this down to Texas. Take a bunch of these displays, and that's where like you know just going to some of these bigger shows and um you know networking. They're networking. Yeah. It was it was a really eye opening experience. We got to go on the local television like news broadcasts and show off some of our animals and the old. I don't think you guys know who this is, but Bozo. Was like kind of like a huge deal. The clown. The clown. Yeah, the clown. He was yeah. like a friendly gate. Everyone knows who Bozo the clown is. Okay, right. right. So Bozo the clown studio, like we, that's where we filmed the the news broadcast. WGN yeah. Studios. Bozo the clown was. Um, that's where Bozo the clown was filmed. Um, and so there's this awesome plaque on the outside wall. And uh, when I was a kid, I got to to be on the show and throw the bucket or the throw the ball in the Bozo buckets and stuff. But um, just again, doing some of these really odd shows can turn into being some of the coolest experiences we've ever had in the most i want to say the most successful when it comes to networking and and getting ourselves out there so so you guys what's the uh our chamber of commerce is another one that was kind of random we ended up getting uh our the kid kyle that works for us we met him at chamber of commerce and then our uh the we have a girl that helps us out and we met her at aquatic experience yeah and this is like a show that was like an hour away and she's and in she's, the town she right lives in the same town as us and mm-hmm. it was like a weird wow. so it's kind of cool like the little the people you meet at some of these places sorry to cut I, you, I cut you off there i just no no you're good all right so you guys i mean as far as having day jobs all that stuff throughout october you've been going to your day jobs and then after you go to this haunted house at night all this stuff you're grinding super hard and working every single weekend 350 shows with with full-time jobs i mean do you both want this to be your full-time job at some point we'd like to yeah i mean it's just one of those we want to do it correctly so that we're not struggling we need to definitely put in i mean we're laying out the groundwork now we have like we just got one pet store sponsor 
that were, I mean, he's a friend of ours, but we're trying to make things more official with like an actual, you know, this is expected with us. And then you're going to give us this um, for that. Um, but we want to be able to, you know, take care of these animals on our own. We don't want to rely on anything to, sure. you know, but in the winter time. I mean, right now, I mean, month of October, we did 60 shows <clears throat> through the month of October. And um, right after October, I mean, it's not a big drop off, but I mean, Think holidays this, and, yeah, yeah i think november i mean just because of the holidays and stuff we'll probably drop down to around like 25 shows um which again feels weird because it's like doing one show and not having a show after that you're like i feel like something's wrong and like we'll stack up shows in those busy months where you have five shows back to back to back to back to back and you're like man it feels weird just going to a show and then going home like yeah it, it just yeah it just doesn't feel right because like with those shows, it's like you'll start in the morning and you'll start warming up. And it's like, it's almost like a workout where you're like, oh, cool. Okay. You know, you've got your spiel down, boom, boom, boom. And by the fifth show, you're like, all right, this is, I'm going to knock this one out. Um, and it gets, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Like it's, um, and sometimes it always happens too, where it's like, you'll get those really fun families and you're like, oh man, I wish I could stay. And for me, it always happens to be like the second to last family. So I'm like, oh, I would totally hang out with this family, eat some pizza with them and, and, you know, and keep the animals out a little bit longer. But, um, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. And that's, I think what helps keep us coming back for more, because again, some of these families are just so welcoming and so like, just so ready to play. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, all right, we're bringing these animals out and they're just so willing to have a good time and, and, you know, interact with the animals and just absorb the experience that they're, that they're paying for. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I guess back to the uh, full time thing too. It's like, we want to make sure, like you're saying, be able to afford all the animals and then right. afford our, our mortgage and our, you know, well, we just be able to afford to like live. You know what I mean? Like we right. don't having an animal based business versus having a, a, a t-shirt or a donut business. It's like, we have overhead, you know, the animals have to be taken care of. They have to be fed. We also like there's health insurance, your car insurance. I'm still paying on my van. So there's all that stuff. And we want to be able, we get the whole, like, there's probably going to be a struggle and you know, like where you just have to, things are tight, but we right. want to, that is like short of a time as possible, right? Either or, or just get to that point where it's like we have so many shows where, you know, so and so is quitting, and then you know shortly after the other person sure. will quit. So, and I think for a while, um, and it just depends. I mean, right now Mike's Mike's job is a little bit more. Uh, he's got room to grow at his job. For me, I'm you know I've kind of maxed out every all the possibilities that I have at my at my position. So, um, if anything were to happen, I mean it would probably be me because of Mike's Mike's is much more flexible. Um, but again, I mean, things can change and it can go back and forth, but um, I don't know. I would say we're probably a couple years off if things stay the same and, you know, uh, you know, I don't get another job or whatever um, you know, that might be the route that we go for. But um, yeah, in general, I mean, the sponsors are, are at first, again, we didn't want to have to rely on anybody, but again, when it does come to this slow part of the season, it is nice to have, you know, just a little bit of help um, and exchange the the audience that we've built up over, you know, the last eight years um, to kind of help out someone else in order for exchange for, you know, something, you know, like we're providing crickets. like marketing or whatever. Right, exactly. So, and right. stuff, I mean, so it is it is nice that way. And a lot of stuff, you know, we use we don't it's like. We've we've got a, a great friendship with uh, the fellows over at Tarot or Mike um, and Brett. And, um, you know, again, we, it's really just an unwritten thing. Like we love their product so much that we, you know, that we uh, use their their cages in every single display. So um, 
you know, even if, you know, they say, Hey, and we never want to do a sponsorship. Like I would still, you know, promote them as much as possible. And, you know, they'll give us discounts and stuff and they're, and they're really great. But um, I think to us being in the same state as them really helps their sales. Because again, we're an Illinois based company, Chicago land based company. Um, and they're out in Bloomington, which is, you know, kind of more of a rural area. I'm um, not super rural, but rural enough to where the concentration would be more beneficial for them to hit up like a Tinley or sewer fest or things like that. So, um, but we're on the ground catering to the everyday crested gecko keeper, corn snake keeper, ball python keeper. So when they see stuff like that, that they want to have in their office, their bedroom, their living room display, whatever, um, I feel like that that has been, you know, a really big um, benefit to them. And just seeing just some of the cool animals that we have on display in general is a big selling point to, to them. So, yeah, like, you know, like you're trying to sell this cage and you can see all these different animals that we're sure. putting in each one of them. And then the pet store, it's Animal Island. It's in Lothian, which is a town by us. But we before we kind of talk sponsorship stuff with them, like we would get all our supplies there. Like I get all my crickets there. The guy does. Um, it's a family owned store and they have fish, reptiles, small animal, the weird feeder stuff. Like they sell quail chicks and they have rodents, um, you know, live black worms, night crawlers, a couple different sizes of fish. You know, like it's one of it's it's kind of like a one stop shop. So it's like. For us, we can, you know, confidently say, hey, you can go here and they'll take care of you, sure. you know, type thing. And and they're good people. That's, a, you know, biggest thing. You know, when you have a store that you trust, it's that helps out quite a bit. I think that's probably undervalued as far as any educator is getting people interested in reptiles. And then probably there's a certain amount of those people who are going to be, hey, how can I have a reptile as a pet? Like my kid's sure. really pumped up about it. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense for someone say if i had you guys in if i lived in chicago i'd be like yeah colin i'll sponsor you because corn snakes are the best first pet right you're dealing with first pet owner you know reptile pet owners so hey man i will sponsor you you know this much a month because you're going to bring me business because people are you know looking for their first pet snakes and as long as i'm a good person you're a good person and then everyone benefits from all of it so yeah, right. I mean, I would, that would be something that, I mean, I don't know any educators in our area, but if breeders are interested in that kind of thing, I think that would be something that would be fruitful. And it would help out the community because you guys right. are dispelling all the, you know, myths about it. Breeders haven't really tapped into the educational aspect of things because, um, you know, we've got something up here called Reptile Fest that the Herpetological Society puts on. And I know, I think in years past, there were a couple breeders that had come out, but um, when... I think breeders are mainly relying a lot of their, on their social media, but if I think if more breeders went out and did more educational stuff, again, like having a snake out at a show or even, you know, going to some of those local educational shows and say, Hey, like, I'm not going to sell anything, but I just want to show people what's out there. Um, just by doing stuff like that. I had, I've bred blue tongue skinks for forever. Um, and I've kind of put them on idle. Um, cause a lot of my animals are getting up into their like late teens. I mean, some of, I think one of them is 23 right now. Um, mm -hmm. Um, having blue tongue skinks that shows when I was breeding them, I literally could not keep them in stock because they're like, Oh my God, I love that lizard that you had. Like, do you know where I can find them? And I'm like, I'm actually like the only one around that's breeding them right now. Um, so it was super easy to kind of as a selling point there, but I think that's a testament to just the exposure you give to people and seeing the different, you know, colorations and morphs that you can provide people just through educational stuff. And then just seeing the amazing personalities that comes along with that species. I think is is an untapped resource that breeders don't really schedule into their marketing aspect of things. So, um, and I think again, just like in where we're at with uh, 
with Reptile Fest. There's Reptile Rampage at uh, Lake Forest uh, Wildlife Discovery Center holds. But those educational shows, breeders really need to tap into because I think that they could definitely see uh, an uptick in sales just from from that type of. That's exposure. the mom taking their kid to something on the weekend, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. little Jenny and Susie, we're gonna go here, and there's nothing for sale, so there's no, you know, right? There's no expectation. Right. Just like, there's no expectation. Here's that my corn you're trying snake, to sell and them. it's freaking awesome. You know, it's like, more authentic. It's more, and, you know, or like, here's my frogs, or here's whatever. Like Josh's frogs comes to Reptile yeah. Fest, and that's really cool because like they they're not selling anything, but they'd be like, "Hey, if you guys are interested, let us know." But here's how these dart frogs look in this tank. And right. it's really cool. And they're set up in these. You or know, like, you know, it's kind of cool too. And you got the same animals. Like they might be like, oh, we have some baby smooth-sided toads. You can go check out a giant one at Crosstown's table. Sure. You know, um, and they're all, it's all educational, like I said. So it's no, there's no pressure, you know, which and is kind of. I think that that's, you know, that's where we fall short as far as at the show. Right. I try to educate people. But I also am like, there's are they thinking I'm just sale. making things up for a sale? And that I'm not actually telling the truth that a corn snake is the first bit like, and people think I'm just talking shit about ball pythons, but I'm just trying to be truthful about everything. And then I feel like I come off salesy because I love corn snakes. But we so also much. have to be somewhat salesy I mean, because we're making it. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I don't miss about being a breeder is that expectation about having to sell something um, and just being, again, more authentic, more just like, hey, this is why I love this animal. Um, and I think there are ways to do it. And maybe you just have to just find your groove on how you you find that happy medium. Because, again, there really is a way to tap into that. It's just, again, finding what you feel comfortable doing and what makes you feel as authentic as possible without, you know, really going past any, I don't know. Might be something to check your Herp Society. I mean, like our Herp Society is pretty solid where they put on Reptile Fest where it's like a huge educational show sure. where it's like basically, hey, we're a bunch of reptile nerds and we want to show everyone how cool they are. Um, and, I mean, most of these are just – Herb Society members, and they're just, you know, kind of showing it off. And Herb Societies, too, I mean, a lot of them just do just the general outreach programs, like, say, you know, a school's hosting a fest or whatever, like, you know, they'll call, you know, their local, right, or kids' expos, expos. they'll call their Herb Society, and, you know, their Herb Societies are not, um, you know, or sorry, the Herb Societies are pretty good at saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be at this show, you know, members needed or whatever, and, you know, just bring some cool um, representations of things that you're producing, and, you know, I think that'll get people excited, you know, from there. Absolutely. So as uh, two young fellas trying to make it out there, what do you see as the future of Crosstown Exotics? I mean, the biggest thing is probably full time. Just going where like Colin and I wake up in the morning and it's like we're doing nothing but shows or, you know, we got a production call. You know, that's I think kind of what just I'd being like more to available, I guess. Yeah. You but, know, not worrying yeah. like, hey, Mike, can you take this day off? So we can do this bug show at a Yeah, like imagine what you could do with all the time, with expendable time. Yeah. Yes. Like we would be, yeah, there's so many things that we've had, some, so much, so many cool things I'd like to do. I think like. That we've got, that we've had to pass up that. He's doing the critter classes and stuff because my job is kind of hard to get off, but I feel like get out of work on time to get there. But I feel like we could probably hit a couple more towns doing critter classes if we were going full time with Crosstown where it's like we're doing like 10 park districts doing these little after school programs with them versus just uh what do we have like four three four we're on we're at four park yeah um so i mean that's another thing it just kind of 20 20 to 5 or 20 to 25 kids per class which is insane but yeah and each one of those kids could who knows what they could potentially you know one of them could be the next big like you know lizard breeder snake breeder who knows you know it's yeah but even just having that type of uh interaction as a kid 
I mean, I would have died for something like that. I mean, I think that would mm -hmm. be so amazing. I, I like the last class I just brought, you know, Mortis the tortoise, his big 70 pound, pound tortoise. Um, I brought, you know, a Mexican black milk or not Mexican black milk snake, a black milk snake, um, you know, jelly bean and our rat snake, bull snake hybrid, Larry. And the kids Wait, were just, what the hell? So uh, Rob Carmichael at the Wildlife Discovery Center had a bull snake and a black rat snake um, on display and thought that they were the same gender and then realized he had missexed one of them and uh, had a, a big clutch of rat bull snake hybrids. So um, <laughs> it's a really cool looking snake. I'll, I'll post pictures of them uh, later, but he is the super chill. Uh, he looks more like a bull snake than he does a rat, but he definitely has more of a rat snake face hmm. than a bull snake head. Um, so, but it's it's a really awesome snake. He's great at. Does he have keeled scales? Uh, yes, he does actually. He does. So, so that's but interesting. Yeah, he's definitely not as rigid as most bulls. It's a little softer. Um, he's definitely got more of that. He's definitely got more of a bull snake or a, a rat snake face and more of the bull snake colors and scales. Yeah, that is a crazy combo of animals that yeah. are very different. Right. So, but I think the next step for me is just getting a house. I mean, right now I'm in still uh, with my roommates or my parents, whatever they want to be called. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, just again, getting, you know, Mike, seeing what Mike has. I've got my stuff in the garage. It's in the third car uh, garage. It's like a big room in there. It's heated. I actually have a building. Right. He's got like, a building. I, like, so I don't like to talk I'm about I'm getting a little enough, jealous like, right now. Like I have like know. an 800 square foot garage and I'm like, I have a building. Right. Mine you is, know? yeah, mine's like, I caught the most organized hoarder's closet you've ever seen. And <laughs> it's like, it's not like a, you know, it's not like, you know, Brian Barchek's Reptarian, but it's like Colin Langendorfer's vision and bowl files. So it's like, yeah. but, um, you know, again, everyone's happy, healthy, but it's like, I'd like to be able to just like not use a step stool to get to some of my animals because of like how he's using vertical tight. space very well, vertical space very well. So, um, but yeah, I'd like to just be able to spread out a little bit, give myself some, some, some space. You know, upgrade some, uh, some enclosures and um, move yeah. out. I'm surprised you haven't moved in with each other yet. I know. You We've know what? Talked about it, but sometimes too. Like I, like I feel yeah, like it might it's just probably be good if we don't too much. Yeah. Too. You know, like I feel like we both get on each other's nerves because I'm very, I'm as messy as I am. I'm very clean, and then you know, Mike is like, we're messy. Okay, well, you're aspects. you're not my mom. You're not my dad. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well, sorry, like, you know, we're not. So we try to, we have, we have that good separation of, of church and state, you know. What I'm yeah. Yeah. We know our boundaries. <laughs> yeah, that's something to where. I mean, obviously, it's one thing to have a business relationship. It's another thing to live together, and it's another thing to live together with a business relationship. And it's just like, yeah, there's, there's too many opportunities. Right. So you realize you're describing your life right now. I don't see this as a business. Uh, right. It's a business relationship. And there's the business relationship. And we live together. I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I just feel like it's a little different. Like, right. Like, Mike and I don't like kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's. I guess we don't want to get too. We've already it's another of layer of it. It's even sure. more complicated than sure. y'all were living together. It's even it's like an African song. Wow. wow. We are surely over our two hours. So I'm going to put a pin in that. Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you guys, what's the best way to get in contact with you? 
Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. So we're on Facebook at Crosstown Exotic, <laughs> Instagram at Crosstown underscore Exotics. And uh, if you swipe right on Tinder or Bumble, Mike Levin, there, yep. yeah. or Bumble. if you are in within oh. 100 miles of Mike, Bugboy89. Yeah. That was high school. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what you updated your profile to, but. <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, yeah. my profile might be on Tinder and Bumble still, but I'm not active. So committed relationship to Chuck Savage. So, <laughs> or Ch- sorry, Charlene is what she's, her birth name is, but I call her Charlene. Sure, is it to uh, Chuck? Chuck, nice. Charles. Nice. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you said before the show that, you know, you were like, ah, you know, last time I kind of, it was more question and answer. I feel like uh, you really delivered on this one. Yeah, you really went way the opposite direction. Yeah. Thanks to Gentleman's Jack, uh, our sponsor for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Make you anything but a gentleman. Greg Hartle, uh, Pesco podcast now. Um. Reptile, search mobile yeah. reptiles. There was like, yeah. reptiles. This podcast is sponsored by Jimmy Dean's Sausage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that like a good, wholesome Midwestern uh, sponsor, Sausage Company. Right. Yes. Our sponsor over here is Bucketless Moscato. Ooh. And I drank some Bird Dog Peach Whiskey. Bird Dog. Bird Dog. Bird Dog. That sounds manly. It sounds really manly. That's more manly than my mutton chops. Is that is yeah. <laughs> um, if someone wanted to reach out to us, they could mm. go through our bucket list sponsor, or they could find us on Instagram at Port City Python. I'm confused where to find us. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking. It's a joke. <laughs> Get it? Um, I'm kidding. You ruined it. Okay. Um, they can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, or on YouTube at Port City Pythons. They can buy snakes or shirts on our website. See at, us at Spaghettisburg. At PortCityPythons.com is what I was going to uh, say. They want to see us in person, hold some snakes, buy some snakes, see some peeps. See us at Spaghettisburg. Sick. Um, anything else? That's pretty much it. We'll Thank see you, you next too. week with a guest that we don't know who it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is killing me, mm-hmm. trust me. So, Colin and Mike, thank you so much for being here. It was our pleasure. Likewise, uh, Melissa and Joel, it was great. Great time here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good having a uh, couple of good guys from uh, Chicago. Right, 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 right. Top quality guys, thank you so much for being here. It's been a great episode, and we will uh, catch you guys next week. Thank you so much. Yeah, go yeah. Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> go Bears. <laughs>